The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. are now recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and abe is uh, on assignment uh, out now is a film podcast where abe and i normally discuss the movies weekly however every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different but this is our july was july july 2022 commentary track uh and this month we are talking air force one in honor of its 25th anniversary in a summer that's pretty hot with a lot of blockbuster movies. I was just looking at the list of things that were coming out in '97. Black, yeah, yeah we, we'll, we'll go over. We'll talk about them. There's, there's, you know, this this had some competition it was going up against. But yes, we're talking Air Force One, the Wolfgang Peterson directed action film starring Harrison Ford. And joining me to discuss Air Force One this evening, we have from Wise the Blue and host of the Brandon Peters Show, Out Now's chief of staff. It's Brandon Peters. Hello. From the Milky Way Blues, Out Now's secretary of the treasury. It's Yancey Burns. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. And host of both Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, and now, starting today, literally, <laughs> Con Air, the podcast, out now, Secretary of the Department of Agriculture, Mark Hoffmeyer. What's a better movie, Air Force One with Bill Pullman or Independence Day with Harrison Ford? I mean, by default, it's Harrison with Ford. But if they made like if they made a, a just a non-sci-fi sequel to Independence Day that just had James Whitmore in it, I'd be interested. All right, what's a better movie? Harrison Ford and Dave or Kevin Klein in Air Force One? Ooh, that's tough. Well, like for on the one hand, you're giving me two Harrison Fords. That's not a bad thing to mm. have in your movie. But on the other hand, Kevin Klein in action sequences. <laughs> I, I, I bet he could pull it off if he had to. <laughs> Well, this is going to be fun because I have a number of people that were also in line to play this role of Harrison Ford did not take it. So we can talk about the various versions that could have been done with Air Force One. But for right now, as we let's let's set up this thing. <laughs> what we're going to do is a commentary for Air Force One. So that means that we have the movie currently paused at 10 seconds in. And I'm going to count down from three. And on the sound of go, we're all going to press play and start watching this movie and talk it over it on mute, of course. Um, so if you plan to watch the movie and listen to this commentary track, just sync it up like I just note, noted. Press play when the time is then. And so uh, you're good to go. You can listen to the movie and watch it at the same time. If you're just while listening to listen, you're good to go already. You just buckle your safety belts and, you know, sit back, relax, and enjoy the uh, commentary. So I think we're all good to go here. Uh, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yancey's ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. So, Aaron, you mentioned about the the summer of movies and stuff, but like I was looking over, I was like, we've been mining from this summer for commentaries. We have. Recently. We've done a lot of 1997. <laughs> and like randomly, because like Batman wasn't because like, oh, there's an anniversary coming. It was because there was a Batman movie. Yeah, it, it happened to fit with it because we originally we were going to do it 
Batman and Robin was in the making for a while. We were going to do it, I think, for a previous Batman movie, because there tends to be a lot of those, um, as well as, I think, in line for the 20th anniversary of Batman and Robin. Right. We missed that. <laughs> so here we are in April, or what was it, March, with the uh, Batman and Robin <laughs> commentary. And it wasn't because, oh, I don't feel like doing that. We really wanted to do that one, but just yeah, just, time had to be right. Yeah, it, it's, the time had to be right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Another... Did we have this last month? Uh, like, yeah, we did with ET. We had a credit sequence before we actually got to the movie. We had like just colored titles. text on yeah. black. Yeah, yeah. Another colored yeah. text too. It was, well, it was purple last month, right? Mm-hmm. With ET, yep. and now now oh, we got some a little blue. Uh, darker shade of blue, but yes, yeah, lighter shade of blue. Mm-hmm. Harrison, Harrison Ford, people. Harrison Ford, a part of both movies. Yeah, yeah it's an homage, well known, well documented homage to ET. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so Peterson was saying the whole time, "Give me more, give me more extraterrestrial." Uh, a lot of um, there's like four Oscar nominees in in this cast alone. Well, it's, like, just he, a, he, it's a loaded cast. I know. Well, it's a loaded cast of character actors, but even like the Rick Clay, because you have Harrison Ford, Dean Stockwell, Macy, and friend Neville. of the show Xander Berkeley. Xander Berkeley, yep. And William Sandell, the production designer, did Deep Blue Sea. There you see. There you go. Just got to throw that out there. And Total well, Recall. Bill Smitrovich was mentioned. He's what the landlord oh. in uh, Spider Man's. Um, Philip oh, yeah. Baker Hall, just yeah, passed. Glenn Morshower, <laughs> Glenn Morshower, uh, uh, 24 is Glenn Morshower, yeah. and uh, of course, the, Glenn Close. It's a tale of Glens. Yeah, <laughs> I wish Selena Meyer was the VP in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just her in a boardroom hanging out, just swearing <laughs> at people. Hoping a, that's a fun oh. edit. Like, why doesn't that exist? More edits yeah. of like movies where the VP is called in, where you have like have to cut the scenes and it's just clips from Veep. I hope like I hope Ford dies. Like I could be president. <laughs> <laughs> if you leave him in the plane long enough, it'll just crash. It'll just work itself escape out. Pod. He's not in the escape pod. What do you mean work itself out? It will work itself out. <laughs> <laughs> they released it, 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 it took, a, it oh, took a pause for a second as it, I think it was gonna cut to the like actual I guess we are getting footage now. There's my boy yeah. Like, yeah. Up in the background. There he is. And the font's blue. Scene. Yeah, the deepest, yeah. bluest. Hey, the guy who shot name, Bob. name is like a. <laughs> I'm glad you know the DP of Bob, Bob, my fans. <laughs> I watched that movie a lot as a child. Does Frank Oz keep working with him? Is he the is he the DP on the score also? <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed the DP on the score is Polish. Some kind of Polish name. That, that, One of my uh, favorite DP trivia's is uh, wait, Brando. Uh, Hamish or whatever Sp- Spielberg's guy shot cool as ice. Um, yeah. Oh, he oh yeah, John, yeah. yeah, John, Johnish, yeah, Johnish, yes. He shot cool as ice, and I was like, I wonder if on the set they were like, what would Spielberg have done here? Like, he has you a know, couple. Well, we were doing. Uh, <laughs> he has a couple like random ones. Uh, Inspector Gadget, right? The guy directed Cool as Ice. He directed I believe that's Inspector. true. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Matthew Broderick. That's a double feature. But they might be like Cundy, who just doesn't say no. That was it. He came up in <laughs> like say like learning not to say no. Well, before he like he, Spielberg made him his guy, like he did like Little Giants. That's the other random mm, one I know that yep. he did. Right. That was uh, an after Schindler's List. So that's clearly like you know what I'm in the game now. I've got to do the big movies. Is that a talk show that comes on after <laughs> airs on TV after Schindler's List? I like what Judd was like. He had one right again, I believe, for mm-hmm. whatever uh, in like the two things. It was at, the, at some point where. Um, or he was not like he had fame, but like they were using like it was like what Seth Rogen and Frank were using at the Oscars is like like a fun bit. And they're like making fun of Anthony Dodd Mantle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, because it's like because he because he, he shot because he shot funny people. That's why. That's mm. why they were like, like oh, he knew yeah. it at that point. Gotcha. 
Well, Before we get to more of this action, these, one. these guys watched Executive Decision a year oh, prior yeah. and were like, "We're going to one up this." Oh, this is <laughs> this is put very, the president on that plane. This is a very <laughs> '90s thing in general, as far as like you start something off with like some kind of op that either goes right or wrong, but it has like night vision because night vision's cool in the '90s, and people parachuting because that's oh, you can see cool. things in the dark, Aaron. Well, yeah, it's it's cool. It's, I, I, with my normal eyes, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, is, try. Yeah, this, this is almost unidentifiable. As it, it could be any number of 90s, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, but it very much could. Well, it's got Jurgen Burke now, so that doesn't even help, <laughs> you know. Jurgen Burke now not playing German, <laughs> Jurgen like, Burke now returning from Das Boot, of course. Das Boot, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, they they threw him in like any kind of action movies as like foreign adversary or you know, yep. like any random yep. thing. That was his I jump mean, you to say, Hollywood. You could say the same about Gary Oldman, yeah. <laughs> it's very it's hard to be like a European leading man and not become an American bad guy. Happens to almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. So basically Mickelson. right now with the action movie, you just wait till, the, till you see the, the lead actor and go, oh, it's one of his. Okay. <laughs> Three weeks later. I was confusing this with the, the Ransom movie because he's like, give me back my child. Like I, I could have sworn that Harrison Ford yelled that on the plane. Then I was like, why would he yell that? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, but, yeah. But, but this, he's like, he's like, isn't he like, get off my plane? This yep. isn't, yeah, of course. That's, a, yep. and, that's, and, I want, you know, I watched the trailer. That's not a trailer line as I thought it might have been, but that also would be a weird giveaway. So I guess you wouldn't use yep. it as a trailer line. Um, and but Mel Gibson a, never said you. to Gary Sinise, get off my child. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shot you wouldn't really see in a modern movie. That many extras lined up at the tables mm-hmm. that line would be s- computer generated or just avoided. And it's at, good at extra work. Yep. At this point, it's production value, you know? I like the the extra level of realism where it's like, yeah, we'll put you will have translators on the phone, so it makes sense. It's like we'll have actually be. lit candles. It's great. Yeah, yeah. He's not phoning yeah. in his head nods here either. He's really going for it, Harrison Ford. He's oh, about to sure. phone in that performance. Oh, he's 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 presidenting it up already. You could already <laughs> tell. Look yeah. at this guy. He's like this guy's. President. He looked sixteen years old. I was shocked when I watched this. The man <laughs> compare. He just turned eighty, by the way, Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday, he, Harrison uh, Ford. He looks yep. like a. He looks. Tw- He's 55 here or 54, 56, something like we that. We met he him old like already. Yeah. <laughs> so smooth. Yeah. Because he was with gray hair in that head. He's already in his 30s when, you know, Star Wars hit. Right? Star Wars, yeah. 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 Like, he, was the, he was the old He was the old one. Behind, he was know, a carpenter and first. And in fact, there are still houses uh-huh. you can buy in L.A. that are worth yeah. more because he built, uh, you know, a, a cabinet or something, which yeah. I love. A, a famous uh, carpenter built. Oh, who? Uh, Harrison, famous for carpentry? No, mm. acting, but he touched his apparently, cabinets. No, apparently, he's also <laughs> he touched, famous he for stained this wall. He was really great. Apparently, oh. he built really great cabinets. He gave up a good job for some silly acting jigs. <laughs> he put his, his Harrison Ford stamp on every uh, every drawer that he, he made, though, so you really know it's his it's authenticated, like comic books. If you reached up under behind the cabinet, he'd leave a couple joints up there for, for Andrew <laughs> yep. as well. Let's, I, uh, I, ca- I want to be the candle guy on this set. <laughs> it's a, a lot of candles. It's an elaborate set for one of the few non-plane <laughs> locations that are in this movie. <laughs> it is in very Hogwarts. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is, is very Hogwarts. I tried to do the Harry Potter theme. and I didn't Do you remember Air close. Force One? That, but with the kids. <laughs> and then we have thing, the candles float instead. Yeah. Uh, Ford, he could have been one of the teachers. Like an like a, like a, like a, like a, uh, exchange teacher. They come in one of those American the <laughs> black so arts teachers. Yeah, one of those switchovers that they have, the American yep. import. Oh, he could have uh, been Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't see him he playing like incompetent. I don't yeah, he would play like a competent team. Like, give him like a mad eye booty. That'd be <laughs> oh gosh. 
and he's committed to the role. For like he did that. Uh, Indiana jo- Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, yeah. episode one. That was his everybody. Before we get further into this, before we see more scowling looks from Paul Guilfoyle, uh, can we uh, talk about when we first saw when we all first saw this movie? Uh-huh. Mark, I want to start with you. When did you first see Air Force One? Oh, I, went, I, I was in the theaters. This was an amazing summer for movies. So, yeah, I remember I remember going in. You had to watch all the Harrison Ford, Clear and Present Danger, Patriot Games. I know he did all the other movies that people like. But, uh, you know, like, I'd say, I was in the theaters. Gary Oldman, the dude from Professional, was in this. So, yeah, it was probably the first weekend that I went and watched this. So, yeah. This, oh, man, what a good. And, you know, they released this in such a great sweet spot, too, because end of July – and it just sort of cleaned up for about four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. Similar, really to, much. Yeah. Similar to when they when he did Fugitive in the beginning of August, and it just kind of stayed there. It uh-huh. helps that it was good. Um, and this one certainly liked, not as like strong, you know, it wasn't a big picture nominee like the Fugitive was, but certainly a liked movie. Uh, you know, people were enjoying it. Um, uh, yeah. I, I was I was I had to go. So yeah, I was in there that weekend watching that for sure. Is that the uh, bad guy from Beverly Hills Cop Three? Mm-hmm. Yep. See a bad guy yep. in this movie? Of course he is, right? Yep, yeah. Yep. Have you ever felt the life sucked out of a movie more than Beverly Hills Cop 3? Like whenever <sighs> I watch it, I just feel like it's a vacuum. It's yeah, it's not it, it, I, that is such a wild Yeah, from yes. the director of Animal House. You know? I, I, I am fascinated by Blues that. Brothers. Whole, I, I, I'm Look fascinated by why by why Landis and Murphy would work together again. Like that's like I want to see like the the retrospective where they get together and just have a one on one interview with each other. It's like what were we doing? Like we didn't like each other on Coming to America, and that was a good movie. Like, <laughs> like, like that, those two what? movies were, were still among Eddie's most well liked, so it made sense for them to get together again. You know, yeah, but they like sure Eddie they hated each there. other. Like they weren't they weren't like friendly to each other at all. So it's like I don't know why. I remember him saying maybe, I did my maybe. best work with John Landis. I remember him saying that I did my best work with John Landis. It was a smart decision. I, but was it a case really. of Eddie knew the guy could get the film in in time and do all? I mean, it might have been a bite the bullet. And I don't. I guess guy will like do maybe it. Did, yeah, maybe like somebody dropped out. Or why are we talking about Beverly Hills Cop three? This will happen, guys. I'm sorry when I'm all right. It's all right. Yancy, let's shoot back to you. When did you first see this movie? You know, it's a rare case if I don't recall the actual experience. I absolutely guarantee I saw it on the first weekend because I at this point I was still and will always be just an absolute degenerate Harrison Ford fan. I love him. Uh he's my movie star. I just adore the guy. Um this was already into the period where I was kind of getting disillusioned. I, for me, the classic Harrison Ford period ends with The Fugitive. I, I was not as into the John Clancy ones, but I certainly saw this either the Friday or Saturday that it came out. All right. Mm-hmm. Brandon, how about you? Yeah, uh, I I was there uh, opening weekend. It was a whole lot of... Th- I mean, Harrison Ford was in a movie. You went. Uh, yeah. This was also, you know, in that time of pure action i would think we retro retroactively call it pure action now but you know he he was doing one of those um you know where you go minus any fantasy elements is that what pure action is well i it's it's your typically muscle it was it is a term for the stallone schwarzenegger van damme seagal those type of movies paris rated yeah just hard action action, but now the pure action or whatever because i guess no fantasy elements like you said uh, but yeah, opening weekend for this one. I probably was one of those where I saw it with my friends and then tried to leech onto like my parents or a relative going to see it and saw it again because I'm pretty sure I saw it twice, but uh, dug it quite a bit. Um, 
It's one of the uh, three of the the hard action uh, plane movies we got with Passenger 57, Air Force One, and um, Executive Decision. Um, but yeah, cool travel stuff. travel was terrible in '97. <laughs> I know uh, Aaron's probably heard this, but like Breakdown, Speed Two, Event Horizon, Con Air, <laughs> Titanic, Starship Troopers, Air Force One, Anaconda, Lost Highway, The Edge, Leprechaun Four, Crash, Fifth Element, Lost World, Nothing to Lose, U Turn, Alien Resurrection, Rocket Man, Gone Fishing, A Lifeless Ordinary, Excess Baggage, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, and Robinson Crusoe. Like getting on a thing and traveling somewhere it was terrible <laughs> in '97. Like, like, like boats. Uh, I, cars, I only, I only call it JJ Abrams gone fishing. That's what I referred to. Um, <laughs> Did he write it? He wrote it, yeah. Oh, or, at least, or at least co wrote it. But yes, he, he was he's a writer on there. How's it, of, how's it end? They, they catch some fish. <laughs> also known as Lethal Weapon 3.5 or yeah, whatever they, it is. They, ca- they catch eight fishes and they cut off the heads and put them into some kind of non disclosed bag. Do they find Mel Gibson at like a cliff and then they hold it? Like <laughs> he turns around and they like hold a hand of fish to him. <laughs> And then it Are we ends. talking about eight heads in a duffel bag, or uh, <laughs> at fifteen, I was like the most undemanding movie watcher ever. But I remember yeah. watching Gone Fishing and going, "This is not. This isn't for me." Something's wrong here. <laughs> it wasn't the precursor to secondhand lions that we all wanted. <laughs> no, I needed more Hilly Joel Osment. And uh, yeah, no, but further proof to how old Danny Glover has always been. We're like, he's too old for this shit and lethal weapon. He makes God fishing with Joe Pesci, who's apparently just gotten old, and now he's still around being old. (laughs) Danny Glover's a turtle, and that's why they gave him an honorary Oscar this last year. We (laughs) did we already give you one, old man? No. No, you should have gave me one, an actual Oscar for To Sleep With Anger. But no, he didn't, you sick asshole. <laughs> color purple, even. He's or, or color purple, yeah. Playing against time. There we go. Has Get he me. been nominated? I don't think he has, right? I don't think so. Color purple would probably be the one, and I don't think that has anything behind Oprah. And... <laughs> anyway, I first saw this movie in theaters. This was, like you guys have known, just a, a big summer movie, like summer like there was a lot of like options a summer uh, movie summer a summer movie so well, i mean yeah like it, it was it was not just like hey there's movies coming out in the summer but there was a lot of like mm-hmm. big significant hits in in the summer and i saw a lot of movies like twice in theaters it'd be a lot of like seeing like what is it like i saw batman and robin and my best friend's wedding and see and then like saw batman and robin like the next weekend because why not at that age and see that again with whatever else this came out the same weekend as good good burger i have to assume i probably saw this and good burger in the same you know six hour period you want a good shake yeah. <laughs> um and i and i've always i've always enjoyed air force one it's not like a a favorite harrison ford movie necessarily but it's certainly one that like it, it's one of the better Harrison Ford has lost his family needs to get them back movies, which seems to have a number of entries at this point. Um, and there's just a lot of like, there's a lot of like bits that always like, I remember randomly to me, not just like the key ones, but like little choices that Peterson makes that remind you of things like a movie like Die Hard that have those kind of little quirky bits that make the movie like memorable beyond just the basic premise and the fact that the lead character is cool or whatever you want to say. So you're so saying, I, sorry, yeah, no, go, no, go. Go I was going to, I was just going to ask you, you say Harrison Ford, this is coming like what the blooms off the rose a bit for him at this point for you. I, I mean, the bloom, it, it, it's just towards the end. This is really looking at it 
today or looking, I saw this probably six months ago for the first time since the nineties. And I liked it a lot more than I liked it back then. Cause I think I was being strict because I wanted Indiana Jones and the last crusade every time or the fugitive from Harrison Ford, but looking at it now, this is the, this is the, uh, like, I can't think of a more overt, I, uh, 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 overt example of a star vehicle, which is not the kind of thing we have today where people already could imagine before, before it came out that they wanted to see Harrison Ford as, the president, you know, I, I think this was originally read, written for your buddy uh, Kevin Costner. You're right. Passed on it. He uh, passed. He was busy making was... the Postman, which was changing the world, so he couldn't not do the yes. Postman. <laughs> Here's my. I have this like. I have this slight. I, you know, I thought about this movie today, and what am I going to talk about with the? Uh, you know, it's not. It's not a particular favorite of mine, but it certainly gets the job done. And I realized, thinking about it, that the '90s seemed to be a time more than any other decade where there are movies where we have fictional presidents who are lead characters in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of another decade that has as many, but I was going through a list and there's Michael Douglas as the American president. There's Bill Pullman, Pullman of course. Ben Stay, there's Nicholson well, and Mars Attacks. It's Kevin Klein. It's Bill, it's Bill Clinton because he was David actually, uh, didn't look like an old decrepit man going from exactly. George Bush senior and, and Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter right. and all that. You actually had a, you know, for a president, an attractive looking man that looked, didn't, you know, kind of youthful. Right. Because the president he was the youngest movies, at the time, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The president in movies, it always reflects the president we have, right? It's always basically yeah. a version of the president we have. But, you know, we had, uh, 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 I was thinking about it. You know, so many movies that have the president as a main character. And that really can't think of too many movies before the nineties that have that. What led to that? Is it Nixon and the sort of fallout from that making a president more human is the, did the, well, it, did the position of president lose its prestige? And we now could sort of write about president flawed presidents. Cause you have the American president, which is almost a fairy tale about a Clinton esque figure who is young and vital as opposed to, old and creaky like george bush and then you have like clint eastwood's absolute power which has a president i, I was going to bring that up yeah, who right. kills kills clint eastwood as a thief who has seized the president and it's a pretty good scene actually sees gene hackman kill someone and, and and he knows that it's the president that's killing someone he's a completely evil paranoid version of bill clinton and then you have the 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 general thing about all these presidents, though, is I don't think you almost ever identify what party they're in. It's almost always they're not identified as a party and they're almost they, always they don't specifically point it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's always an amalgam of kind of what both parties want, which is a decisive figure who is also human and and sort of uh, uh, at this point, we didn't have the raging hatred of boomers that we do now. So we wanted this sort of someone who who was there for the 60s. And, and you know, so Clinton seemed like that as opposed to guys like Bush, who seemed like they were just living in mansions. But also so you, it, it, it contributes to why those movies it contributes to why those movies are hits also because they appeal to every side. They appeal to a four quadrant appeal to every side. But what are they like? This movie would hardly be something you would call a political movie. No, because they're not. It does, pre- it does present like. American president, like a lot of movies, it presents an American president who is a heroic figure, a heroic or lovable figure, which Mm -hmm. does that mean that in the 90s, we still had some level of respect for the office that we don't anymore? We very much much did. I mean, that we said we talked about this before in other commentaries too. Scott's brought this up as far as the. Kind of there's Andy Berkeley. Good if I wasn't here, so yeah. Well, there, there's Andy Berkeley, by the way, walking all evil. Um, but, um, how many Xander Berkeley movies have we done? We had T2. We'll think about that. Candyman, um, Candyman of course. Um, yeah, it, it's the kind of thing where 
it obviously reflects a time. It also reflects a mood of the nation, right? In ni- the 90s, there's not like, there isn't as much kind of like drama in the way that there is and that it intensifies in the years later with W and, you know, right. and, and onward. And yeah, before that, you do have, I mean, obviously you have the, the whole 70s or whatnot. And then you have varying things going on in the 80s that really emphasize the Reagan era, which we've talked about plenty on this show as well. The 90s, you have a, yeah, you have a president where like minus the scandal aspects, you have someone that has all the qualities you describe, but also America is a place where at that point, parties aren't so harshly divided and there's a lot of prosperity. I mean, there's a lot of like optimism going on at that time because there's a. I've I've read where people are like, were we at the end of history just sitting, waiting for time to run out pre (laughs) 9-11? Like, because it was just. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you, you know, like you, you look at that and you you look at the way certain groups retreated and whatnot. And, it, and it, there is <laughs> there just seemed to be less animosity going around as far as who to target. It was a more like even if you can find issues, which you surely can in any number of these movies as far as who plays the bad guy or what have you. But it's still becoming more of like a a, a forgivable trope as opposed to a target based off of, you know, what you're identifying with at that time. and. This, you know, this specifically being one of the last, there's more since, but like one of the last big, like diehard knockoff mainstream studio movies. I mean, it, 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 there is something that's like, that's, you know, refreshing watching now, but like you can be nostalgic for something like this, where it does have this such a kind of clear cut way of presenting something that doesn't have many ulterior motives when it comes to like what it's trying to represent. Mm-hmm. It's classic. It's a- absolute play. I was talking to Brandon about this on on a different. So we were talking about the band journey on our our, our shared you know Facebook chat, and I was saying it's funny in the eighties everybody kind of critical critically critics were not kind to Journey. Journey was thought of as a sort of second run joke band. You listen to them now, they sound amazing compared to a, most modern acts, and. I'm not hiding the fact that I'm someone who's kind of depressed by a lot of what's going on in modern culture. So this movie at the time it played like, yeah, it's another nineties thriller. Yeah. It's got a lot of guns. Yeah. It's pure action, which was probably not my thing, but now all I see when I watch this is the classicism, you know, it's so well and clearly made and it's so basically entertaining, you know, that even movies that seem to me a little bit generic at the time have much more value now because of how farther South the, the the sort of average Hollywood movie has has gone in my opinion. I don't mean to be the doomsayer, but well, and it's also I mean shareholder stuff was different too back then with big summer like this one probably you know had a goal had all this, but if Air Force One got delayed, was it going to be the end of the world? Even though it was probably a big A title for that summer, right. was it was it you know if it been like ah oh, we need a couple more months and nobody would have cared, no would have been like. <gasps> What's wrong with everything? It's been like, ah, oh, we got to push it. You know, it's not done. Uh, but you know, with stuff like with shareholders and stuff with nowadays, with like your Marvel and things like that, that's the end of the world. We got to get it out for those shareholders. We probably, you know, it's it's gonna make billions or it's gonna make a bunch. But you know, well, the, I mean, the attempts at this don't do anything unless it has some some really good hook, which obviously right. yes, it's like a Marvel thing or you know what have you that is something. But like. I mean, Roland Emmerich made White House down in 2013, yeah. which is excellent, and nobody <laughs> yes. wanted to see it. Right, <laughs> but it's but it's doing this formula to the T. It's doing it rather well, 
it's probably the last great Emmerich movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, I mean, yeah, you got these movies a lot more. So going back to them, it's not like they're coming out. Shower just time, die. But, looks like more shower. Yeah, I think he, I think yeah, he did it. We don't, get, we don't get a lot of Glenn Moore shower in this, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, you had. A, oh, it's uh, Andrew Divoff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You get, you get all the people that can play generic Eastern European slash Russian. There we go. In this movie. He was he was currently Wishmaster during this too. I believe. Yeah, yeah. good for him. But you got a lot of people like to, you know Macy's the Oscar nominee coming into this movie being like, yeah, I'll play the seventh lead. <laughs> Make sure. <laughs> yeah, well, this is perfect. This is typical William H Macy '90s role. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I lo- yeah. This, this is like, he fits. Like, this is also this is to to the fact with the president. Also, the military leadership in this is very kind of neutral on it too you'll get your guy who's extreme and your guy who's not and like you know it's very it's it's not one way or the other it's it's plays more personalities than it does like picking some sort of political side which helps out like a movie like this make it easy to watch um the new top gun's gonna age very well because of how it it cares about the mission yeah it, it doesn't sit and make some sort of statement it's like no it's about the mission and these people so there's that. So I think that's going to age well. And that's why so many people, anybody who goes to the movies is, is, is liking it because they can see whatever they want to see in it. Yeah. It's easy to, I mean, even the characters themselves are not blank slates, but they're certainly not deeply defined. So you can right. you know, register a lot within that. Let's talk about the effects for a second here because we're starting to get some. Um, the escape pod, which does not exist on Air Force One, <laughs> um, <laughs> looks, uh, yeah, looks, I mean, that we know of. Maybe they're just lying about that to conceal the fact that they do have an escape pod. Um, th- that, the escape pod looks pretty decent. Mm-hmm. There's a number of effects that look good in this movie. There's a lot of blue screen that doesn't look great in this movie, <laughs> which is the nature of this thing. Although I haven't watched this 4K. Maybe it looks better than I, I haven't seen this in theaters since 97. But yeah. I've seen it since, and it's not looked always the best. And I'm not saying it's you know it's a it huge could be issue. one of those things that pops up more when you go on home video than it did sitting in a giant For sure. watching well, on a giant screen that happens. Well, or revisit this when we get to the scene where all the passengers start using parachutes to get out of the plane. There's a lot of like them against blue screen backgrounds, and I'm curious how that looks. This is fairly early in the history of uh, five years after Jurassic Park. This movie could have been made in the '70s with models, and yeah. would have been made with models. I imagine there still are models in some. Yeah, scenes. I bet it's yeah. yeah. Oh, there's also when the plane crashes at the end. That's going to be a, a fun effect scene. Um, I love but, uh, some C4. Sorry. <laughs> that seems like a lot to use on that little door. <laughs> but <laughs> When you were talking about the escape pod, all I could think about was Escape from New York. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's just... one of a few. It's only one of a few movies that have a president escape pod. It's this New York. I just had this up. What was this? There's like there's a couple. Yeah, there's one so, yeah more that's movie. a president on film. Donald Pleasance in yeah. uh, Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. That's great wig and then was it this well, the early 80s you had like the more like old like eg marshall and superman 2 the kind of old but brave guy which is sort of more like reagan but yeah donald pleasance of course well and then like the previous year uh you had uh well, uncle ben uh cliff robinson as uh president in escape from la okay, so LA, there's, yeah. that's right a very evil, evil yeah good president that's right yeah. i forgot about cliff robinson yeah he's great in that <laughs> Well, that's that, that that I could easily carve to be like, I don't care who the president is. I'm going to make my version of what I see America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. He's just yep. scared old Reagan, dude, basically. Oh, there's Bill. Bill Spitrovich is the pilot. That's right. He's uh, Peter Parker's um, 
uh, Land of Oh, Arms. okay. Slash, There's slash. some great anguished oh. acting right here. This is really nice. This whole sequence, which we're talking over, is pretty great. This, this yeah. where they're hijacking the plane because it takes some twists that you don't expect. Like they land the plane, then they have to raise the plane again. Like that's some, that's some good stuff that you don't necessarily expect the first time you watch it. Would be like this. Like, oh, in in Russian. I don't think I've ever seen a plane do that before. Just cruising around the the runway. There's a Casino Royale. Well, yeah, that's true. Is it zipping around? Oh no, it's not. Is it, it, it's because it's like an experiment, yeah. or it's like a new plane. That they're yeah, or something around. like that. Well, they're not even at the plane, Ooh. right? They're at they're at the they're on the truck the whole time trying. To oh get, no, they're trying, they're trying to blow, get, they're trying to blow up the new plane. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. but it's just trucking around the wrong way. Man, look how many vehicles they had just for that shot. Passenger fifty seven. They land. You're right. They do. They lay, They take yeah. a break they're, they're, and, yeah, and they, they go to a, a fair. Go to a theme park, yeah. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. That, that's where they're like, you know what? The script is only 60 pages. I think we need to fill this out a little bit more. <laughs> I love Passenger 57. So it's fun. It's a fun it's movie. So good. That's, the, like that's the, the apex the prior of Die Hard on a Plane. Oh, man. Yes, that's the previous mm-hmm. Die Hard on a Plane. In the oh, 90s. Always, always bet, on bet on black. Yep. Always bet on black. Yeah. That should be a shout factor release right away. Like why that's not happening. <laughs> the fun movie, as I recall. We and we needed it. that one. That character of his needed to go on to another. But Passenger 58. Yes. He's on a cruise ship. <laughs> oh, no. Well, as long as there's jet ski. If Wesley Snipes on jet ski. I would watch. Oh, okay. How has that not happened? That seems oh, like an easy thing Dean Stockwell is in this. Yeah. 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 Dean Stockwell, yeah. Academy Award nominee Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Always makes any movies in a little bit better. Oh, Stockwell. yeah. I, I would argue most of the character actors on this cast usually make movies better. Yeah. It's he's a stocked great. cast, and I I get it, right? William Peterson, he's yeah. he's got well, sorry, William Wolfgate, William Peterson, you know, from this, yes. <laughs> from to live and die in L.A. He made a movie. Like, uh, Stockwell's great, like he's like top notch, like presidential advisory because I type guy because uh, we did this uh, summer eighty two at forty. We did a Sean Connery movie called Wrong Is Right. He played a presidential kind of guy like that. I'm like he's just nailed. Like he's perfect for those. Like you yeah. call him up first, and I'm so jealous that you saw that. I've never seen that. I've wanted to see it for 40 years, but I've never had the. It's interesting. It's very, I don't, I don't know if it's great, but it's, it's ahead of its, it's, well, it's sadly timeless in many aspects, but it's, it's, I don't know if it's good, but it's very fascinating and interesting. It's an interesting watch. Like, how many comedies did you, well, rough topic? You get too many, too many Sean Connery. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not a lot. I mean, had an early Jennifer Jason Lee in like a short, Oh. Short spot in because generally he like teams up with somebody and it's like an adventure film that happens to have comedy like him and Michael Caine and um what's it's um fuck uh what's it um which one yeah, Michael Caine man who would be king right? man who would be king yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah like it's usually like adventure movies that happen to have like him trading like comedic twists with, yeah. with yeah. 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 one thing but... yeah no I'm saying I'm, I'm saying yeah he doesn't have too many because it's it's more leans on that than like just out yeah. and out like I'm being funny like. You're the man now, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find, uh, yeah, those classics: like Finding Forrester, Medicine Man. Uh, <laughs> Wolfgang you know? Peterson's interesting, right? Because he's he starts with huge acclaim with Das Boot, which was mm-hmm. out of the gate. It's a breakout like, movie. He's already movie. like made a few movies, but yeah, yeah like, he's got a breakout with first? Das Boot. No, he, know, he, he did like, Never Ending Story. I love yeah, that. That's, that's, story, that's, that's after. Picture, that's after. Dust a, another is it after Das Boot. It's after Das Boot, yeah. but he has a number of like German films. Before, like him, like same way like Verhoeven. It's like these European imports that like right. that have a number of things beforehand, 
then they make it, you know, they have some breakout success and come over. Das Boots love the never ending story. 85 never ending story is 84. Das Boots 80. What maybe it comes to America? Oh, it's the, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's the, the, the miniseries version is, I'm sorry. sorry. Yep, yep, yep. 81. But then he pretty much quickly comes to America and sort of becomes a less distinctive sort of studio go to, you know, like what did he do before this? Obviously, is, um, there's a line out- of fire, which well, is another story. Yeah. Yeah. Before, uh, before, before this Clint. is outbreak. Outbreak is before this. Oh, yeah. Outbreak, which before is also that. similarly efficient, even if it's silly, it gets the so job. Like, yeah, that's what you generally what do in the eighties. Though he did, uh, he has never-ending story. Enemy, enemy mine. mine. Enemy mm-hmm. mine. Yeah, that's the other. Like, not a bad movie. Kind of an interesting picture. What's the name yeah. of the horse that sinks in the mud? Um, Artax. Oh gosh. Art- yep. Artax. He's I feel that like movie had like, a little something special extra for young Yancey. It had that mm-hmm. gloomy existential crisis that I just loved. A lot of people have I, was. I, I feel I like I'm it. like one or two years removed from that because I didn't like grow up watching it the, the way that I know oh. you know, a lot of number of people have. So that movie sleep. gets you, that man. Oh, I feel like if I watched it when I was younger, it would have. But like I, I've only, I only saw it when I was like, I think in college for like the first time in full. Yeah, oh, I don't care about Artax. It's that rock giant. The rock giant. It's got some really cool visuals for used sure. Used to be such great hands. It is weird that the Peterson, Peter does. He doesn't really go back to fantasy after the eighties. Like he just nope. does kind of straight political line. action thriller things. And he was yeah. going to do yeah. Superman versus Batman for a while, right? Which was like really. I remember when that was. I remember like actually when that was in the news. I was like, I I want like this because he's he's a good scale guy. That's yeah. what I always like about Peterson. He seems like a guy that gets like. How to make things big? I'm not yeah. the biggest fan of Troy. Big, but, I it, love but Troy. it does. That's but it does. Fe- but it does feel like it has a sense of like bigness to it. I wish it felt like the war lasted ten years. But whatever. But I mean, the, the Banya. Well, and it's Poseidon great. Adventure. That scale. That's pretty. It, does some good it, stuff there. Yeah, it, it has. You know, that, that, that movie has more moments than it doesn't. It's not good, but it does have like stuff in there where it's Richard like. Can see why Peter's wanted back onto the boat by the wave while he's trying to kill himself. <laughs> Um, I mean, he kicks out. He cr- kills Kurt Russell and Poseidon. That always yeah. scarred me. I it's guess Wolfgang Peterson is the undisputed master of thrillers that take place in a cylindrical object. That we, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Cla- claustrophobic thrillers is in the line of fire. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying exactly. he, these are movies that take place in a tube in motion, and he, he he's the action. And who else has made more movies that take place in a, in a Tube. That's a data <laughs> article right there. I love it. All the saw. Yeah, Troy had the um, Trojan, Trojan horse, right? The Trojan exactly. horse. Yeah, it should have been told from Sean Bean's perspective inside the horse for like the second half of that movie. Um, you know, and the Perfect Storm had a big scale too. I was working at a theater oh, it has a huge at the time. scale. That was when that yeah, came that out. Was also yeah. Wolfgang. Yeah, yeah when that came yeah. out, I was I was working at a theater, and I just remember feeling awed by the waves. Like that, you're right. This guy does capture mm-hmm. a legit. Like uh, and that scale. had state of the art special effects at the time. That was, that was huge. Sorry, it's not. It wasn't a ton of money too. Right? That was a big movie. It was, yeah. it was like the biggest yeah, movie of the summer. Movie. If I'm not mistaken, that's, one of, that's still one of Clooney's biggest, right? I, I'd assume by default, it's got to be. It's got like, some hits. Yeah. Wow, John C. Riley, Wahlberg, Clooney. Like a, I guess Gravity is probably his biggest movie. But I mean, no, still, Gravity but, is. But until then, I think Perfect yeah, Storm is still Storm. like in his top five. I would not doubt it. Yeah. Great What's Peterson's best American movie? Oh. I mean, I guess I could say movie in general. It's not like he has. I would say Troy. I guess I like him more than you guys. I really like Troy. His I think best I, movie? American movie? Yeah. I mean, I like Das Boot and Never Ending Story more, but those are German movies. Troy is my favorite. I think the consensus would be in the line of fire, probably. I would say so. That wooden gun. <laughs> yeah. 
I like Atlanta yeah. Fire, but I love Troy. Clint Eastwood like, going, oh. just kiss my ass, motherfucker. Like, that's, that's gonna be Clint I like Eastwood. Fire. Yeah, it's a good movie. Never ending story right. for me. Too many. That's, that's uh, yeah, I, I gotta. Yeah, that's the one I've seen the most Wait a back second. going American, back to. Yeah. It doesn't count. It's a German movie. That's my favorite movie he ever made, but it's a German movie. It doesn't count as an American movie. Okay. He doesn't do anything now. Like, his last movie was some German movie, a German crime comedy in 2016. It's gotta be in his 70s, man. He's 81. Or his 80s for that matter. Yeah. Those guys don't get jobs anymore, really, unless they're Francis Coppola or somebody had as an 80-year-old. He took a 10-year a 10-year hiatus after after um after Poseidon. He was gonna do Orson uh, uh Ender's game. Uh, yeah. but, he mo- but he moved on from that. Because uh, right. because Wol- Wolverine's uh, Gavin Hood needed to put a stand. I, I don't mind with hey, with Harrison Ford no less Ender's game, which I actually liked. I thought it was uh, not bad for what they were trying to do. Being that adaptation, he's channeling his character from the professional here a little bit. Oldman, mm-hmm. no, Oldman's in complete bad. He has bad guy mode in the nineties all over him. <laughs> These parts, yeah. everyone, yeah. So he's he's just doing that more, like for sure. Like that's this because there's a lot of screening because he has to negotiate with these people. By the way, we should talk about Glenn Close as the vice president. Which, Blockbuster Entertainment winner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Blockbuster Entertainment winner. She did. She won for this. Movie. I, know, I know. I I, I recall. <laughs> it's just a funny thing to have. I'm sure that's on the mantle next to the Oscar she doesn't have. Um, really, that's right. <laughs> oh. But uh, I. I don't remember if this was like if it was like a stunning change of having a female vice president, but you know it's certainly it's a choice that they made in the '90s, which is progressive. Like it just reminds me of a lot of Bay type stuff, where it's just people looking at monitors or in boardrooms talking. Well, it slowed down too much. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that cut this cut seven seconds, so I guess yeah. that wouldn't be. That but, wouldn't uh, be happening. Close, close was a last minute choice. I know that. Like she brought, like I don't know if they had an actor before or whatnot, but she was brought in like last minute. That's her wig <laughs> that she chose for this movie. And um, of the one requirements that she had, it was I don't want to have a scene where I'm crying. So there's no there's no scene for like you know getting too emotional while the, the rest mm-hmm. of the stodgy men are around. Nor should she have to be. But you know, I have an update. Mm-hmm. George Clooney's uh, so Perfect Storm is his, domestically his third highest grossing film, uh, worldwide his fourth. Hmm. Okay, so his, so se- his second is oh, Oceans. Oh, you wanna, Oceans. I want to guess. I want to guess. Oh, I wanna guess. Oh, okay. I guess. Okay. Okay. So his first is Gravity. No, mm-hmm. or what, what are we doing? Domestic or worldwide? Just start domestic and then I'll domestic. Say. Okay, so domestic. I mean, it's Gravity either way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what was what was um, Perfect Storm? Three domestically. Domestically, Ocean's Eleven is close to that. It's gotta be, Ocean's got to be behind it, though. I think domestically, right? Or is is it? What what's number? It's two? Ocean's Eleven. Is number it is two. Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Okay. So, and then when it comes to global, it is the fourth. So, what is number three globally? So it's it's the same. Um, Gravity, Ocean's Eleven. Then there's something else. Then there's Perfect Storm. So what's this other big Clooney movie that I'm not thinking of, or at least big enough? Suburbicon. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I believe a cu- I believe a couple of us are fans of it here, but a lot of people there's many people who are like on it. Batman and Robin? No. Oh, that's a good that's kind Solaris. of guess. Oh, brother, we're out there. <laughs> no. Solaris. That's where it made the money up internationally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These guys caught on. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. 
we might be fans of it, but others aren't. What's this floptastic Clooney movie then? It's not a flop. (laughs) Okay. It made it some money. Man. Made it so much money, they made another one. Ocean's 11? 12? There you go. Yes, that is 12. 12 made more. Okay. It didn't make as much. I mean, uh, so Perfect Storm made a lot more than it domestically. Made like 60 million more than it domestically. Uh Uh, But the... uh, Globally, twelve made like forty million more, forty or fifty million more than it. So that makes wow. sense. It's I love Ocean's Twelve. It's great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Soundtrack. I soundtrack know people rules. are like man on it, but I think it's it's coming. People will come the around. Hell you want? On it. yeah. It's got it's got more of a, it's got a better reputation now than it had when it came out initially. Mm-hmm. I yeah. almost got that shark tattoo on my forearm that Brad Pitt had. Like mm-hmm. I was close. I was like a shot of Jack Daniels away mm-hmm. from going and getting that. <laughs> Glad I didn't. But yeah. yeah, Yancey has a tattoo of Brad Pitt eating the ice cream, watching Catherine Zeta Jones on his back. That's mm-hmm. doing that oh. face where he's like doing the face like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch, that's, that's 12, the, you know the face. Yeah, it's it's on it's on the back of his biceps. One's the ice cream, the other's the face <laughs> he makes when he realizes he took her phone. Mm. Um, <laughs> is there a face? I didn't know the face of Brad Pitt. It's like a face he uses a lot. No, it's a, no, it's a face he makes when he realizes she took her, his phone, and it, it uh, and Soderbergh does like a freeze frame on it. Oh, right. Anyway, um, Gary Oldman. Uh, no other actor considered that I could see, but he did finance Neil by Mouth by making this movie his directorial debut. Oh, did he? Yeah, Good for which him. I, I believe has like the most F bombs or like is in the top three <laughs> as far as movies go. Um, uh, Harrison Ford, let's get to this now. So we as far as lighting goes, it was smart to throw all the smoke bombs and, and have all the guns going off because then you could have some nice smoky lighting if, if you just saw through the mm-hmm. ho- like the hallway. Like at least that's organic can, in that regard. You can make brightly lit plane atmosphere a little more interesting by having smoke bombs in it. Yeah, because sometimes you see some of that smoke work in movies and you're like, where's that coming from? Like that's not – yeah, they justify it as opposed to Ridley yeah. Scott just showed up and be like, this should be smokier. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a death and eight special effects, guys. Yeah. Um, so Harrison Ford turned down Outbreak um, before this. Uh, he came onto this movie as after uh, Kevin Costner declined it because the, the Postman, which changed lives. Um, he, Harry Ford made $20 million off this movie, which, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a, the kind of payday that Harrison Ford would get at this point. Because um, no. I think I, th- I think he was quite saying if Jim Carrey's getting twenty million, I'm getting twenty million. Um, <laughs> I talked to Tommy Lee Jones; he hates him. So the other, <laughs> so the <laughs> I heard I heard he wouldn't sink his buffoonery. <laughs> anyway, give me back my family and my twenty million. Um, the other actors that were considered were Harrison Ford. Not to take this part. This is a fun list: uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. This, it gets wild. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu would have been old enough, would he? He I mean he'd he'd be uh I don't know the youngest president in the world. Whoa. <laughs> we, don't deal with, we don't deal with terrorists. <laughs> I've dealt with presidents before. Wait. No, that was, that's a bad joke. With the ex-presidents? Never mind. <laughs> I, yeah, I got you. Can't, can't uh, more fitting, uh, uh, Dennis, Dennis Quaid, who was in The Enemy Mine. Right? So okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it makes Harry, sense. Because Dennis Quaid's already, like, you know, if you can't get I can see him Ford. saying to get off my plane. Like, Dennis oh. Quaid, like, poor man's Harrison, Dennis Quaid right? impersonates Harrison Ford when he's playing gruff Dennis Quaid. He's literally yeah. doing Harrison Oh, okay, yep. yeah, exactly. He's always been discount for when it comes to those kind yep. of roles. Yep. But you can see him saying, get off my plane. Then he gets up and does that smile into the camera and then gets family um okay <laughs> cool. so here are the others that were consi- these those are the ones that are like oh what about this these are ones that are like on the list or whatever as far as as far as like what if what if tom hanks 
<laughs> yeah, of course. This, this is where it gets fun. John Malkovich. This was like considered. This was a serious one as far as like, what did we have John? Because he, he'd work with him on. In the Get off fire. my plane. <laughs> Can you imagine him being like the heroic good guy who's doing action scenes and like getting through no. this movie? Tom Hanks. No. Tom Hanks. Being sympathetic. God, is that like Captain Phillips is where it works with Tom Hanks. That's about. <laughs> that panic attack scene. Jeez Louise. But this is where they were starting to give out those, you know, pure action yeah. movies to guys. Because Nick Cage can do it. John Malkovich can do it. Right. Right. Chill well, factor. I mean, I mean, Bruce Willis breaks the mold. Keanu's doing it. So they give Christian Slater these movies. So, I mean, yeah, this is where we're at. So I can see them trying to push Tom Hanks into one. I can see it. I can see them trying. I can understand where that comes from. Yeah. But yeah, so Malkovich, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, yeah, yeah. I I can see where that logic is. <laughs> we can't get Harrison. Get the other guy from the fugitive. Yeah, okay, exactly. <laughs> and then lastly, this was a I turned it down because the script was lousy. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman would have been amazing because he's like eight feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> he's a linebacker spearing people yeah. through the play. get off my. He, he would pull the intensity would be there for sure. Like he, he would be he too could, intense. Would, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> well, yeah. It'd be, would you it'd have be, ca- like? Would Oldman be in this movie? Is he the guy that's still going to be at odds with them if that's the other cast people? Or I, I imagine oh, Oldman's uh, coming in after they cast the president. Right. So yeah, okay. there, there, there's probably some change there. But because I I was reading that when they read Malkovich, I'm like. He wasn't considered for the villain. They considered her the president. But uh, all right. Good sweat work there. Who are the vice presidents to these people? Oh, like, gosh. Stallone, it, the vice president for Schwarzenegger. No, it's, it's other, GCBD. It's other, it's yeah. other female actresses. It's, yes. it's, you know, it's Bullock, Roberts, uh, right. Emma Thompson, Miranda Richardson. <laughs> if you had Roberts <laughs> in 97 as a vice president, that movie would make so much money. My Best Friend's Wedding, Naughty oh, Hill. She it was would have the biggest biggest summer in 97. <laughs> she was <laughs> those movies. cashing checks at that time. Oh, gosh. Keanu, I just... <laughs> Keanu was the president. So 90s tone deaf, I can United see States. it. You know, there's so like speed, 90- right. Let's let's put him right. forward for every movie. Well, he's a, he's right. a movie star. He's an A-list right. star. He's those leading movies. He can handle action like easy. Yeah. So I, yeah, I get the logic, do. but I mean, he has to be a guy that's has a medal of honor and has served like two tours. <laughs> and what? <laughs> when I was Grenada? in Nam, <laughs> didn't leave people. No. Harrison uh, Ford. I just want to take this time to say that Harrison Ford is maybe the greatest in all of movie history, I think, at projecting the, what's the word? The downside of being tossed around and punched. Yeah, yeah, sure. He is a a real human. He really, you see that human fragility. He plays it every time he has to do something. It works in this because he's the president who wouldn't have spent another day in his life fighting and beating people up probably. But but every time he gets thrown against a wall or punched, he really reels like so beautifully Harrison Ford. He just reels and he blinks his eye. (laughs) Like he's, He's one, you know, maybe Michael Douglas is the other guy from this era who could really sell. As far as like big, yeah, like is, is identifiable, every man sort of yeah, like, like know. major A-list kind of lead stars that let themselves take a hit. Yeah, he can pull because, yeah. you know, you, you can also look at like Jackie Chan or Bruce Campbell. As far as guys that throw themselves <laughs> right. across the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> Looney Tune. Man. If this was Pierce Brosnan, every punch, you would just cringe for about 13 seconds and then uh, get up. He, he's. He, he did a lot of pain, was it? World is not enough. Too much pain. Sorry, I digress. Well, he took a hit at the beginning. So. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was injured for most of the movie. So if this were made today, it would be a Liam Neeson movie, probably. Oh, nonstop. 
Oh, Neeson could have been. <laughs> Liam Neeson is the president. Oh, with an American accent. You feel bad for the terrorists. Guys. I wanna, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not locked, right? I'm not locked in here with them. They're locked in here with me. Yeah, right. <laughs> now you got me wanting to watch. So Scott Atkins did Hard Target 2. I want to see him Air Force 1 2. Where did Scott you see Atkins. Hard Target 2? Oh, yeah. It's Ooh. beautiful. No, it's not. Uh, no. But yeah, knockoff. <laughs> Scott Adkins movie when he's the president. Oh <laughs> there's Please. one more. There's one more non-casting that I found interesting because it's just like it's just a very a flat statement. Jenna Malone refused to audition <laughs> for what? For daughter. Her daughter. You say for what? I'm curious. What else went through your mind as you were wondering? What I don't know. Is there someone Keanu's vice president. The, the, the prisoner the that tried to release. <laughs> it's Keanu's vice president. Yeah, the, the daughter, of course. Yeah, but she's also in contact this year, so it kind of worked out for her. She got a Bobby Z. Alone, yeah. McConaughey, was, was he up for president? No. Oh, he, he, Bobby Z locks him in early. When's contact come out? Is that later? It's this year. It's, it's 97. But, but I mean, is it oh. when, when is I it? I got to tell you, <laughs> get off my plane. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is it a summer movie? Is it coming out later than it's I Contact's a summer movie, yeah. Where is it? I can't find it on the list. Just give me the green light. So those big, was, heady thought... movies that everybody goes to munch popcorn and didn't want to think, and they're like, that ah, was terrible. Yeah. And it's like, actually, that was pretty good. Oh, it is July. Okay. Oh, I see. It's buried in with the number. It's in the Mission here. Impossible crowd of summer movies where it's like, oh, shit, I had to think for a sec. I'm mad. I, mean, I, I wouldn't I'm give out. it to this. Contact is more, I mean, I'm not saying it's a detriment, but it is more, it's headier than I think people think Mission Impossible is. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's that problem of, this was How dare a little you more try complex yeah. when I was coming to like sit and suck down a drink and I wanted to go to the bathroom, but then I had to sit and I didn't know where the spot was to go to the bathroom. You're telling me this movie about espionage that's been a popular TV series where I should have known that already makes me want to have to think about it? It's so much of this is in two locations. You can almost make a play version of Air Force One. Whoa. Like Max whatever from Rushmore could have done Air Force One on stage. <laughs> Let Mamet write it. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, there's, there's yeah, Max Fisher. Definitely post professional, right? Where he, people who know him from this period think of him as a con, consummate bad guy. But earlier in the 90s, I think he was the man of a thousand faces guy who played Dracula and Sid yeah. Vicious and uh, famous good guy Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula. This movie has the same deep thing to play, a, to play that role, not like Bella Lugosi. I mean, this is his second big villain role of the summer with uh, he had uh, Fifth Element, Fifth right? Element, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was with Willis and Ford. Not was, Scott Glenn there, but it looks like Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn considered for the Xander Berkeley role. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> he was, he was all, just not the, Scott Glenn. I mean, he already oh. did that in Backdraft, but that's six years ago. He could have, he could have done it again. <laughs> it's not like they're trying to hide it. This is a period where almost every movie was offered to Harrison Ford first, I think. A Jurassic Park, obviously. Romeo and him, Michelle. Him and Costner, <laughs> I believe, had differing, had like different points of of where they where they intersected where like it could have been costner it could have been ford makes sense what's the other this is another one where does costner play president at some point no he doesn't right he's in no he plays i mean i'm sure the bodyguard passed through harrison ford's desk at some point mm-hmm. you know. there's there's someone like Wait, there's somebody had to have played the president there's 13 days where he's where not he's, the president but he's not jfk he's once again jfk adjacent yeah, once again, JFK Jason. But there's some, but there is some movie after this that Costner takes because Ford like either gives it to him or passes. I'm trying to think of what that is. Think up, <laughs> all the wild. Call. Well, that's actually 
<laughs> Dragonfly. Oh god, I bet it is that one. I bet it is Dragonheart because he plays Dragonfly. Dragonfly, Dragonheart is is Harrison Ford, is Dennis Quaid doing Harrison Ford big time? Wait, Sean Connery. Wait, it, what's swing vote in two thousand eight? Costner plays a presidential election. Guy. He's the last he, guy. With he the plays vote. the last because yeah. that's how things work. There's somehow it's a like scenario a where, where movie, one right? guy has all the power to, to vote for who's going to become president. And so they show up and try to convince him. Right? I never saw it. That's oh, the Costner I like more. I like hang dog loser Costner more than. I actually no, agree. I agree with you because that's why I like yeah. older period Costner stuff because he generally plays like Hang Dog, like seen it all. Oh, well, I don't know what movie this is, Aaron. Yeah, that's the, those are the, those are the one. Those are one of the gimmies that I. It's like, yeah, I get this. I get what? older. Silverado. Silverado. Yeah, he was, I, he was a com- comedic guy in that one. It was like a Han Solo sort of in mm-hmm. the. What what period is this that you're looking for this Costner Ford swap? It's after this movie. So I'm trying I'm, you know, I mean you got it's message in a bottle for the love of the game, play it to the bone, thirteen days, three thousand miles to Graceland. Oh, I can see thirteen was, days maybe being the one. I can see it's thirteen not, open range. Imagine Ford as Elvis. Yeah, I can't imagine him in the thirty thousand yeah. miles to Graceland. No. <laughs> But him with uh, Robert Kirk also, that'd be fun to see them together. Oh, yeah. They've, I don't, it'd be beautiful. I would love that. Is this other guy who can really convey free, frailties is getting beat up? Russell's very good at that, too. In Terry Breakdown, Cavs, yeah. Breakdown is very much a Harrison Ford. Part. Here it is. I, yeah. found, I found it. I found it. It's before this. I was I was, I was wrong. Uh, Coster and Ford's cast enjoys the cross paths many times before. Harrison Ford turned down the Jack Ryan role in Hunt for Red October as to Kevin Costner. Harrison Ford instead made Presumed Innocent. Kevin Costner made Dance with Wolves. Jack Ryan went on to be played by Alec Baldwin. Um, Harrison Ford turned down the role of Jim Garrison in JFK. Um, Everything. He must have turned down every male lead. <laughs> He's the biggest star of the world. I mean, you look at Harrison Ford's biography; it's not, it's not that it's not. There's not a lot when you really look at it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty sporadic. I don't think he likes to work that much. <laughs> he, he's made it very clear he <laughs> likes money. Like he, he literally, yeah. like he's acknowledged this. He does work for money. Like it's he's he's happy to put in the effort because he's a hard worker. But oh, he, he loves it. But, I, but just, he, I don't know. But he's not a guy that's like sitting there being like, I can't wait to be on set every day. Like he's got comfortable. Since I can't the wait 80s. to do press tours. Yeah, since well, the he's been comfortable since the eighties. He doesn't need to work at all if he doesn't want to. Well, it's wild because he does he's like. Oh well, this same year in '97, he's he's got three Star Wars movies adding to his oh, yeah, pocketbook right. as well, uh, and and Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do it. That's what I'm saying. Like he's just there. It's really weird because he like you know Firewall's bad, but then he has Indiana Jones, which was huge, and then nobody wants to see him in anything after. Like that's it's weird. Like that's the end of his like. Hey, it's just Harrison Ford in a movie. Go see it, like, like Cowboys and movie, Aliens. The movies, but the movies aren't yeah. exceptionally but, good either. Like he mm, used to be in movies yeah. that meant something. I mean, after well, yeah, but this movie, there's a lot of like just crap that's coming out. What's I'm saying? But it's just like he yeah. is working, always working around the clock. But so it feels like it's work. It like it feels like that post periods work just because like I feel like doing something as opposed Man. to you know like I I really need to make a statement by playing. Um, cowboys and play, playing playing um, using cowboys and aliens, right? Which that was him. To, I guess that was around the time where he told his like agent, like, "Hey, put me in something people want to see again," and that's mm-hmm. when he did that one. And then that was 
vanilla. Because I feel like after, like, I feel like the the one two weird punch of Witness and Mosquito Coast, I think he got a little Oscar hungry at that point, right? Because doing yeah. things like frantic mm-hmm. working girl, presumed innocent regarding Henry. Yeah, but people uh, are going to those. Like, they are. Well, the, yeah, it was, that's a, yeah. it's a good period. That's a period where these movies are still hits. That's why, yeah. like, Rain Man. That's why, like, Rain Man's biggest movie of the year, right? So it's it's, it's time saying. for adult. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still like I feel like he's like, well, I've done the blockbuster thing of you know Indiana Jones. Like, what if I did like some more dramas and like got some meaty parts? And he gets an Oscar nomination. And I think he's trying. I think he's. Ch- I think he chased after that a little bit. Then he just gets into action mode. Um, in the night, you're right. He totally sort of. I don't want to say fell off, but he stopped being the the the, the, the sort of heroic leading man he was to people. And yet, I think the Force Awakens is mostly about Harrison Ford being back in that role. So the love, it, for it, 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 the writing caters away, to him, right? and JJ caters to him for sure in that role. Like he, yeah. I think, our, I think the love for him never went away. He just sort of became, he played so many grumpy parts in a row where he was like, "Give me back something, my firewall." <laughs> He's always grumpy and and pointing, and I think people just stopped having fun. I'm not sure what happened. He tried. Well, it's to my, it's funny because. Story. Well, I mean, after that, you you have you have his branch ranking forty two, which seems like a, a mix of that was it, he got a good press from that. It, he like, did, that and, was, it, yeah. but, and, it, and it seems like a mix of I want to do this just because I want to be involved in a Jackie Robinson movie. That sounds interesting to me, and because probably it could lead to a supporting actor nomination. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get him there, but I do think that's. I don't think anyone's being like, oh, this this will never happen. I think that's. I, I don't think that's beyond the, beyond reason to think that he might get that kind of like older actor does this kind of flashy role in a biopic. Well, I mean, he's eighty. Where's the mm-hmm. you know lifetime yeah. or just like the honorary Oscar for? Oh, it'll come. It'll come eventually. It'll but but come. but even after that, you still have. I mean, did some crap in there or like, has par- it? Like paranoia. No. Paranoia or Expendables three, but like Age of Adeline's another like supporting role that he's very good in. Force Awakens obviously gets a lot of buzz. Blade Runner 2049 gets some, you know, just by default. Yeah. Uh, we're always know. ready to welcome Harrison Ford back if they if they can. At this stage mm-hmm. of his life, he's he's like Sean Connery showing up in movies now. Yeah. You know, it's like this is just a great added value because it's Harrison Ford, Hollywood legend. He's dulled a little bit. He definitely lumbers a bit more than he used to. Wait, of course he's older, but he, yeah, he's 80 years old. quite as sharp as he <laughs> right. used to be. You know, he doesn't seem quite as into it. Well, we'll I see mean, Nick. We'll, we'll I see thought, next look, year. I, thought we'll I, knew, see I was the biggest Harris. I thought I knew this guy, and then I saw a picture of him going to a Halloween party with Calista Flockhart dressed as a giant pea pod. Recently, I thought, okay, I don't know Harrison Ford at all. I would never think he would have the sense of humor to do that. I always thought he was just a grumpy guy who didn't like going uh, out. He just he, he just play a pea pod. He, he doesn't like fame, and he just wants. He likes doing movies. He just wants to be left. I had a friend who was a bodyguard for him for a few years. He says he's the coolest, most chill dude. He just doesn't get people being obsessed with him. He just he likes acting. He likes being movies. He likes movies, but he doesn't he doesn't get into the whole people like, oh, here's a Ford. Oh, my God. He's like, he's associated with such like nerd culture yeah. kind of things where it's like here's the words not studying up on what the extended universe of Star Wars is doing. Right. Well, he, I mean, he is like the living embodiment of the Shatner's SNL sketch with like get a life yeah. like and yeah. he just wants to like smoke weed and chill like that's really what he wants to do and make movies and that's you know fly planes apparently and try to land them we yeah. should we should move on to other things but i was to say uh but, like it's like 10 minutes ago but when they was talking to the the woman at the white house they just laid a ton of dolly track for about 13 seconds of film like they're really <laughs> going for it on this yeah. movie this is I was watching the Dolly. But this was movie. normal back then. Yeah. Like this no, was like, the golden you know, era of magic. There was no cheating. You know, there was mm-hmm. no cheating. You had to set it up. You had to have someone who knew like 
composition and like you know like it's it's weird like the digital era which awesome uh more people can make movies and stuff but like the big blockbuster movies and stuff have just been like well and just throw whoever there you know it's i don't know even like the stuff that we wouldn't have praised then of being high art look like high art now like it's weird that's my point yeah exactly this was made i'm sure by top bottom to top to bottom like top shelf craftsmen who've been in Hollywood for 25 years and who all did the best job, you know, and cause they're being employed at that time too, where nowadays you can minimize things because you don't have to build as many sets because you can CG it or put a green screen up. You don't have it's to use different. as many stunt people or whatnot because you have just less people involved in movies. I know like a point that, uh, that Scott has made uh, Scott Meadows in front of the show is made about like something about contact, for example, versus arrival, he likes he loves he likes both movies. He loves contact because it feels big. It feels like there's tons of extras in scenes and there's okay. a lot of busyness going on where rival feels more closed off. It feels like there's less people in a given area yeah. when there shouldn't be. It feels like that should also have a movie with rooms full of people trying to study aliens or whatnot. But it just the scales have just changed in modern film as yeah. far as what you want to put out there. The assumption is that when you see a giant crowd that it's CG, so there's no point in doing a giant crowd anymore because no one's impressed with a giant crowd. Even if it's a real giant crowd, they think it's CG probably, so there's no more giant crowd scenes. But there was something to be said for movies that spared no expense you know, on this kind of stuff, like this movie. This movie was obviously going to be a hit. They knew it. You know, They assured that it was a classy production. Like The spared no expense thing is such a curious thing because it's, it's like... You, one movie like movies of, t- of this period like earlier like but even always people in the way people talk about the budgets of films where it's like there's some kind of weird limit where it's like a hundred million dollars that's a that's a that's a hefty amount for a movie but if it's like 200 it's like did they pay too much and it's like well, water world you know what, like, remember like that? what did you what yeah, did, you, yeah, want, yeah. What did mm. you want to see like what that leads to and not criticize the fact that it costs a lot like i remember before like john carter was coming out people were talking so much oh. about how it costs a ton of money it's like well, don't we want to see like what they spent that yeah. on and Some not just criticize everybody it became the an insider. They said that about True Lies too. Every time with Cameron, every every time with Titanic, yeah. they always mm-hmm. it's like, dude, why do you until he doesn't talk? deliver until yeah. Well, like okay, that's someone else's problem that they spent a bunch of money. Exactly, Is the movie good. Does it look like it? Did, did it needed all that money, or at least is that money on screen? And there are many times where sometimes when there aren't, obviously, but there's many times where there are. I've been, Will and Defoe gave an interview during John Carter about that too. And it's like, it's not my money. Like, like I just yeah, wanted, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you care? Is, but yeah, like, oh, that costs a lot of money. And, uh, you know, was it good? Like, let, let the people who count that over at the studio worry about that stuff. It just seems like it should be a point of pride. It's like, yeah, we did spend this. Not like, that's so how it used to be, enough. and think, it looks like, 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 it. Are like yeah. wow, they spend how much? I want to mm-hmm. see this. It's the problem so with studios too. It. Like they get ashamed of reporting what the budget does for a movie, as if yeah. like it's like bothersome. And it's like because uh, our grapes started at some point. The the amount of money people made and the amount of money that was spent on big movies, people stopped being logical and started being just sort of cynical about it. Oh, Harrison Ford! How dare you make twenty million dollars? Well, a school teacher only makes this much money a year. Mm-hmm. Because if Harrison Ford wasn't in this, they would make a lot less, a lot more than twenty million dollars less. You know, he, he's his Jim Carrey being in those movies was worth a hundred million dollars to the studio. So of course he should make twenty million. It's not a flat rate. I mean, he's not making per hour. You know, but <laughs> at some point we just became a culture of uh, everybody's an insider and everybody is sort of rooting against. Oh, reshoots. <gasps> 
you know those yeah. happen right yeah. All the time, yeah. like that's the, the funniest thing is like oh they're going into reshoots yeah because it was on the Apocalypse schedule now managed to be a well-liked best picture nominee when it had the most fraud history i mean like everybody right. was hearing about that every day it's crazy <laughs> because it's the guy because the guy it's the guy that made two godfather films pulled off some kind of miracle despite like his lead having a heart attack and him having and to go to literal war to <laughs> godfather movie you want to see him fail more and that movie would have been forced to yeah which is insane yeah yeah but god mm-hmm. parents for coppola's cashed in on himself with tons of money to make a passion project for like fuck that guy he said bad things about marvel movies like what yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why I love Cutthroat Island. Rennie Harlan's $150 million movie. You see everything yeah. on the screen. And right? it Before shut down the studio, but yeah. those, are, those are few and far between. Risks but worth taking. I love, yeah. I love Cutthroat Island, but yeah. That's what, that's what Timmy Carlico says still. That's, I assume, what his name is. Timmy Carlico. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the 90s, Harlan was putting Gina Davis in the lead of action movies. Like That was really rare in the 90s, but mm-hmm. like, everyone was, hated yeah, it for those. the... Everyone hated it for like the cost, but I'm like, yeah, that was yeah, the thing with Cuts Rhode Island. Yeah, it was no, like, but- oh, it got a lot of money. Okay, did you like it though? Like- <laughs> I it mean, also because it was starting. A lot of people didn't like it. That's the other. Yeah, yeah that's Rhode true. Island, it wasn't a, wasn't a critical success. <laughs> that was also Harrison Ford going to be in that, right? Wasn't he going to be in Cuthbert Island? So they clearly leveled down. Uh, uh, Michael <laughs> uh, Keaton, <laughs> Keaton was in it. Somebody Michael Keaton. Modine uh, part. They must have. <laughs> yeah. $300,000 to be in that. They, they, yeah, they they saved. They could have lost more money if they had someone bigger than Matthew Modine. Oh, that, that, that was what turned me on. I walked out of a screening for that movie, a big screening, because I just, no, I can't watch Matthew Modine. So I thought, <laughs> hours, I See, I've always, I, I've, I've not been, a, I have nothing against the band. He seems like a nice guy. I'm just not a big fan of him in movies or Stranger Things. Um, so it's. I love Bone Jack Jacket. I love Birdie. I love Shortcuts. I mean, yeah, he's one of those world. Yeah, obviously there's always like a, oh, those insane yeah, topics. I thought he was pretty parts. good in Dark Knight Rises. I <laughs> <laughs> his running was great when you ask him to be someone who is vain and confident on screen you get a really toxic rue i've noticed and he's errol flynn in that movie i can't i can't do it the extra work is really good here in this scene there's a lot so, of coverage no you're right yeah, no, let's yeah. talk about the movie there's a lot of like you it's air force one it's a movie set mostly in a tin can but you get a lot of variety in what you're seeing and they make sure to keep the players involved so you feel something this is a scene where somebody is going to die gary Oldman's going to shoot this poor woman in the head right now and it's not good uh but you need that to happen as far as like that's necessarily this specific person but you need something to happen to make sure the stakes remain alive because if the president's just constantly outwitting everybody while on the plane and the guy has everybody hostage i mean what's the risk but he's going to murder seemingly the most innocent person next to his own child on the plane right now. I mean, it, it keeps the stick, keeps everything moving. They're just bringing it. And I love yeah, the rule of thirds, the way they're working this, the framing. I love, mm-hmm. I've been watching Harrison it throughout. Ford. Harrison Ford is even playing the weight of that gun. Like I yeah. can tell playing it as a guy who's not carried a gun like that. Like right here, this scene's like, great where like, he's about to go up and he can't. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm the president. I'm not a physical man. <laughs> Look at the look on his face. He's so worried. Mm-hmm. Brings you right in. I hope he I hope he makes it. Camera's looking up at him, giving him. I, I love that look. Giving him some power right there, keeping it flat on him. This is good filmmaking. You know, yeah. like filmmaking one hundred and one. The way they're framing all these. I've lost yeah. track. Do they do they know it's the president down there yet? Do they still think it's just like a Secret Service agent? I don't know. Was was there a kitchen fight earlier? Not yet. Okay, I'm just asking. There's a fight amongst like. 
Well, there's no kitchen in this thing. What am I talking about? <laughs> there's, there was a fight with like the foods and stuff with um close enough. Yeah. Was it David? Is it the part where he bumps into old men and he says he's Bill Clay? Oh, Texas. Oh, just an, another excuse for an accent? Yes. I took Let's one of it. those. You know, those guns that shoot the. Who is Are the you... actress who plays his wife? I can't think of Wendy what else. Wendy Crewson. Um, is she a television actress or is she? Uh, she's in the Santa Claus trilogy, of course. Um, I'm seen by me. That makes sense. I've never seen any of those. She That's plays a weird a lot, franchise. She, she plays, yeah, it is. She plays a lot of like the wife character. She's in like the she's Arnold's wife in the Sixth Day. She's in Room. She's in. She's in. I presumably is <laughs> the, the, the the wife character. Um, she's in Bicentennial Man, right? Where she's Oof. probably like the mom. Is that the uh, robot one? Yeah, Chris yes. Columbus. No, MF Davis is the no wait, no, she's the yeah, she's the bomb. That's right. Uh let's say Neil in that one too. I've never seen that. I keep hoping Paul Giamatti's gonna pop up in this movie. Well, he's auditioning for the negotiator. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he's in Donnie Brasco this year. He's busy. Is he gonna do Morse code? Oh, he's dumping fuel. No, no, yeah, they got to dump fuel. This is fun because it's they have to he has to figure out what wire and the phone's going to cut out. And he's like, oh, I don't know which one. And it's like he it's like yellow, red, white, and blue. And it's like, come on, red, white, blue. I'm counting on you. Yeah, this bit worked <laughs> in so many movies. The cutting the wires like, it works in the abyss where it's underwater. It works so many times. You got to cut the right wire. It's red, white, and blue. Come on, red, so, white, and blue. Come so, on, red, white, and blue. Um, it appears Wendy Crewson was in. So like, it looks like they made spinoff. TV movies for Spencer for Hire, and she was in all of them. If you remember the Robert Urich show, I only recognize the Wahlberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she was on 24 in uh, season three as Dr. Ann Packard. Oh, so she played like a terrorist. <laughs> did Kiefer do something terrible to her? I don't know. That was the uh, A torture. Tor- tor- that was the virus one season. Oh, virus in the hotel season. So oh, maybe she maybe she got Edgar. It's really good phone acting. I love. You know, yeah. you know what I noticed? I, I noticed as well. I was watching some of the Fugitive on TV the other day because it popped up. Harrison Ford's a very good hands actor. He's a very yeah. good like he can he can use this a lot without making it feel like over gesticulation. He's a good like hands guy because he's got big mitts. He's a big he guy. Just, uh... <laughs> He's just got that. No, yeah, he he knows how to point for sure. Point, Pointing yeah. is a big thing for yeah. him. Pointing he can do great. a fist. Of course, but like in like Fugitive, there's a lot of like him going through stuff or like going around corners and things, and he does a lot of like hands acting. No one ever it's, talks it's about not... his sideways smirk. He has a little sideways smirk that he. Oh does yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not, you mentioned he, Bruce Campbell earlier. Now I got thing think about him as the president in this movie. Oh, no, he'd just be too much. Him, oh, hold on. I'm, he played Ronald Reagan in Fargo, and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That scene in that bathroom, amazing. He could have if he, if they did a um, like during his burn notice run if he made a movie where he's a president that that, that would have worked I think mm-hmm. for him like a, like an action president they, they could have pulled one of those off. Oh, he did play Elvis though, so he got that. Hotel classic. The you other know, three scene. action pre- three action president movies in the world, right? How many action president movies are there? There's I guess Olympus has fallen. I haven't seen that. Olympus has fallen. Well, even then, because Aaron Eckhart's not really like involved in no. the 
any action so much. White House one, down is White House similar. down. Yeah, I mean, Independence Day, I guess. Ind- Independence Day for sure. He fucking he's in a jet. He's a war hero. He's not, he's not the only. He does get in a jet, but he's not the only. It's, he, he leads the army. He's the aliens. Isn't Sam Jackson a president in the movie? Yeah, Big Game, which is another escape pod. It's another escape pod movie, also. Yeah, but that's like a you know small obscure thing. Uh, action presidents like this, obviously. Um, Idiocracy. Yeah. No, he doesn't do anything though. He just like talks big, <laughs> shoots a gun. I guess that's yeah. not an action president. Yeah, it's like it's like Isaac Hayes and <laughs> Escape from, Escape from yeah. Just a lot of big talk and shooting guns. He's not the president. I know. Oh, what a great score when his character is introduced. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Since somebody mentioned the score, I will quickly say there's an interesting note to be said about the score. It was originally composed by yeah, I had this in notes. Newman, who was mm-hmm. like. Great. At that point, was still probably mostly known as being a pitch dark, satir, dark, cynical satirist songwriter from the seventies, and he was starting his career as a as a film as a film writer. It's hard to imagine him writing music for a such a straightforward uh, sort of rah rah movie. It's, he was replaced by uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Yes, Jerry Goldsmith who was very unhappy with the process and said he never would do a replacement score again. This is rushed. He had, he had like no time to do it. Used by Donald Trump, the score, the yeah. rushed score from Air Force One was used by Donald Trump at several of his early campaign, including at the RNC when he debated the RNC. He played the music from this, and he had previously said that he really admired this president, who was, which is just strange because who would recognize the music from Air Force One? Is that a subliminal attempt to? Oh, easily. I, I assume it's a subliminal attempt to do things because it's, it's, it's preying off something familiar and positive. It's a strange scenario because who thinks that Donald Trump would be useful in a <laughs> situation where there's a point you're being hijacked and he's got to hide and shoot people? But this is his idea of presidents. Interesting the score. I, I would love to hear that Randy Newman score. Well, you you can hear some of it because some of it's in Toy Story Three. Toy Story Three, which yeah. is interesting, right? Yeah. But he usually writes for movies that are a little more self-aware than this one. This movie is a straightforward, and I wonder whether this. So movie... that's why they rejected it, right? Because they felt like it was a parody, like in, in, yeah, not right, not in a right. fun way, like Jaws. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, action presidents: uh, Teddy Roosevelt in real life, and then I guess the Night at the Museum, and then The Wind and the Lion. Sean Connery. Yeah, I guess that counts. FDR gets up from the chair in, in uh, Pearl Harbor. The thrilling scene. Mm. Man, this stunt coordinator, Doug Coleman. Well, of course, there's Abraham Lincoln, vampire, vampire killer. Yeah, yeah, well, what am I, oh. How could I forget? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I right. reviewed that Blu-ray. <laughs> I've never seen it, but it is an action president. For it's definitely, a, he, and, he and Anthony Mackie are buddies. It's a buddy, it's a buddy action movie for a little while in there. Who is the who plays Abraham Lincoln in that? Um, what's his face? It's an English um, stage actor who's done more things. Tom Brown. That's not a name. Come on, Tom Brown. <laughs> it's like a football player. Tom Clancy. <laughs> Tom Welling. Tom Welling. No, it's not Superman. Superman. Um, what's his name? It's it's um, Benjamin Walker. There we go. I was close. Benjamin Walker is his name. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brown. You're right on top of it. <laughs> It's like I'm saying there aren't that many movies where they have like a fictional president character who is you'd think there'd be a hundred of them where the there's the, the president is the lead character in a thriller, but I think it's just a little too absurd for any time other than right in the mid-90s where you can get away with because again it reflects that because after this, then you get like conspiracy presidents, right? With you right. know with Bush stuff. Then I mean you do get Jamie Foxx as president of White House down, you reflect the Obama era, but you don't get many like president movies because it's like the big stuff that would it, that would need to have a president mm-hmm. to begin with is like Transformers or something where it's like he's on a right. phone saying, You got it, you can't nuke LA or like something right. like that. 
I love the framing in this movie. Although they the king, what Kingsman blows up Obama's face, right? That they blow up everybody's <laughs> head in that movie. Yeah, you they know, do keep. Yeah, they get some close-ups here. No wonder the fights are really good. This guy worked on Predator, RoboCop, and then like Action Jackson. But then he went. He was De Niro's stunt double for years. Hmm. He was a stunt coordinator on Bronx Tale. Hey, De Niro's stunt guy. So he did let like yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love it. Like this guy, he did, uh, mad, he was a, that mad dog and glory. And um, he was the fe- fearless on casino. <laughs> he was the water mission. <laughs> Man, what a, and he does a lot of Harrison Ford as well. Maybe he was oh, his stunt like, double in this in like Sabrina. And... Yeah, he was his stunt <laughs> double Sabrina during the car chase on the jet ski. <laughs> they never gave like De Niro an action movie, did they? I thought, I mean, no, I mean, he has a lot of, he has a lot of, I'm a cop and I have to run through an alley with a gun. Or like game. Ronan. Right. He just right. drives. Well, oh, yeah, there's right. Ronan. That's Ronan. Ronan. Right. But that, Ronan, Ronan's an ex- exact example of I have a gun and I have to run through an right. alley. Like he's not driving cars at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. He does have a rocket launcher at one point, but there's yeah, no fisticuffs. Yeah. Ronan, yeah. But there's a lot of, I'm running through an alley with a gun in my hand. <laughs> he defeats Sean bean with like coffee and a sandwich with, the, with like, a, no, just just a cup of coffee because he, he yeah. literally calls out that he did it too yeah. <laughs> he, like, he not only does the move but then he says to his face i did the move i ambushed you like, with a cup of coffee it's a very mammoth line since he ghost wrote the move like he doesn't have his name credited on it but he's he wrote ronan oh i love that scene poor sean bean i, mean, I didn't mean to rhyme there hey he lives he doesn't die in the movie that's true he, he just ducks out <laughs> It's a it's a weird it's a weird one where he's eliminated early from the movie, but without killing him off. That's so you know Ronan two Scott Adkins you can bring back Sean Bean. Oh Ronan two Scott Adkins, <laughs> Michael Jai White. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, you assemble that crew. That'd be great. Tony Jaa, of course. This the tr- the cast of Triple Threat in Ronan in, Ro- in a Ronan in a Ronan movie. Jean Reno comes back. He's not doing anything. Five minutes. He's in for five minutes. Jean Reno. I'm sure. Oh yeah, just yeah. Put a little he, hat. He's on the leader. Him. He's like the Jonathan Price. Yeah, he changes roles. Oh, and this stunt coordinator also worked on John Carter, so we're we're going full circle here. Okay, I just want a Scott Adkins sequel universe. Um, let's see. Bill Clinton was a fan of this movie. He saw it twice. (laughs) Um, the the novelization of this movie apparently uh, states that James was it James Marshall. He is a moderate Republican version of Clinton. Minus the scandals, that's the that's the take that they have as far as fleshing this out further. Hmm. Which Good makes sense. Work. I mean, it's, I got, I got a Air centrist Air is essentially what they're saying. Air Force One colon caucus collision. There you go, <laughs> Scott Atkins. <laughs> they're flying over the Alps. Caucus collision. Because you're not going to call it two. You know they have to colon things now. Dawn. So it Fury. sounds like it's a fresh movie. Like oh. Air Force One Revenge. Most movies have colons in the title, right? This couldn't be. This couldn't be a sequel. This press secretary is not doing the job. Look at this guy. I can't even hear him, but I can see his hands. I have lost control. <laughs> I have lost control. Get the VP in here. This More wouldn't happen, right? If this scenario was going on, the president's hijacked. The VP would be like secured in a bunker somewhere, while like this yeah. is the chief of staff would be on there. So you know, so he would, or the secretary of state or something. They would be on the. Well, was it leaked to the on. press? Is that what? Or yes. Like, yeah, it got leaked. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. yeah, he's good. If this really happened, have a good career. The Constitution and let Harrison Ford be president for life. If he actually saved the day on Air Force One, <laughs> the American people would change the Constitution. Well, 
I mean, if he's, if he's if he's actually if he's actually a Republican, yes, they would change the Constitution to make that work. Undeclared. But if this happened, like, against, if they, oh, I did save the world when everyone was kid was hijacked. And if, this, if, this ha- if this happened to a Democrat, they they would find all the reason to criticize him for the fact that this. Happened. Like, how, never how, happened. how could you? He how murdered you, citizens of another country. Yes. How could you let this plane get hijacked to begin with? And what is a hijacking? <laughs> I'm upset. He, he I like the ones that don't let let control leave control of the plane in the first place. It was on the ground. Why couldn't it stay on the ground? One of my biggest pet peeves in movies that are when there's, right there, there's paparazzi in film and they just take the, they take the craziest photos <laughs> on plan. And then, but in the background of that scene, there's a guy with a video camera, just filming someone's back. <laughs> he's get, he's getting all the coverage. You can, I used to tell my extras, I'm like, just be human, take a photo. Like you would normally take it. And then they're up on set, like shaking the camera and everything. I'm like, what, what's happening? Like, what, <laughs> why are you doing this? But I guess when you, I don't know, people we're forget how to walk on when stage, they're on set. Like, going yeah. to the back row, we are here. And there's, I haven't seen any extra walking in this, so that's good. Extras have a weird walk. Because it doesn't know. give you a lot of, because it gives you a lot of people sitting. There's not a lot of, like, <laughs> yeah, milling, there's not a lot of milling around going on in Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, what's going on? I love a, I love athletic William Ace Macy. Yeah, he looks good here. You don't see him athletic in too many roles, do you? No, because he used you know he he doesn't play that. He plays a you know desk guy, guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. Maybe in like Wild Hogs because he's riding a. Even then, he's like the nerd in that movie. Like he's yeah. the nerdy one in Wild Hogs. Action Bill Macy, uh, uh, cellular, cellular. He's in action mode for sure. Oh yeah, he, like he even does like a cool like slide move at one point. In cellular to like shoot him. What a cast! Kim Basinger, Chris Evans, Jason Statham. It's got it, it has a it has a few like comedic people in there too. David Arellis, David Arellis, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. This guy's doing great pilot work. He has to get there so Peter Parker can pay him the rent on time. None of his button turning is arbitrary or useless, which is nice. No, they're shooting him from above for most part. Yeah. I mean, there shouldn't be button pushing to begin with these on autopilots. <laughs> Speaking of button pushing, in the Star Wars movies, the amount of knobs that they flick in the Millennium Falcon, I'm like, you don't even, I don't even know what that does. They're just flicking knobs. I don't know. Sorry. It's not... <laughs> navigating space isn't you know hurting hurting banthas on farms mark <laughs> no but like they're not even looking at the buttons they're flipping they it's mm, second nature to them they're the, they're the him and chewy are like the best pilots in the galaxy what they need to <laughs> talk to each other about it's second nature I'm plus what's like her a... name um you know um fleabags in the ship anyway she's doing most of the work <laughs> yeah she's ah. stuck in there <laughs> Like I want to see in the ship, like disco balls are going off, and like the stuff they're pushing just doesn't really do anything. Oh, here's your scene. Now activating parachute ramp. Yeah, we're gonna parachute root parachute ramp activated. <laughs> they really should have had somebody stay back there, and they like run all the way to the other side <laughs> of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, they're not here anymore. This isn't right. Yeah, we're gonna get some shots here. These people like looking in awe at the fact that they're thousands of miles above the earth. 
Can you imagine <laughs> going into the Atlantic? <laughs> yeah, this uh, this does not seem like a positive. I mean, yes, I'm not getting threatened by guns anymore, but I don't know if I want to hang. Like, there's the shot. <laughs> That's the one. Land in the Arctic Ocean. Hey, I, I believed it. It doesn't felt, look. The, I mean, I felt like a, I was there. This is a smaller TV, but it's still the 4K. It, it looks fine. I like Ooh. the ingenuity there, where he grabs the air yeah. <laughs> That's pretty clever. Like I love a good secondary henchman. Oh, They're oh, always great. Oh, and I forgot. Oh, I didn't get my parachute yet. No, Harrison Ford. No, oh, not boy. the president. That guy's gonna have a lot to think about. Following. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's no. That's the terrorist though. That's, that's oh, the bad okay, guy. Good. So it's okay. Uh, he's well, he doesn't have a parachute, but he's a bad guy. This would still be on the news twenty five years later. Can you believe the president? It's the twenty fifth anniversary when the president took one. down the hostage situation. To we never stopped talking about this. More details about that time the president. Almost got blown out the back of a parachute. Got a fight. Is the par- <laughs> is the president embellishing his story about hanging on to the back? <laughs> Did it really happen? It's a lie. It never happened. Yeah. <laughs> is he Whoa. embellishing his yeah. story? <laughs> Wait. Yeah, they blew up the fuel plane. Your fuel. There's a trailer shot right there. Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford. There's a lot of action going on outside this plane. Another one yeah. left. That would not be. Oh, that that would be very hot to hold onto a plane like that. Someone's going to land on their parachute and be like, "Who made it?" And that plane's going to land on him. <laughs> save the president, <laughs> bad guy. Thump. Let me save the president. Off the oh, that's a lot of debris head. falling. Yeah, you know, why is there not chunks of debris going through the Air Force One? Jeez, there's a lot. I mean, I'm not surprised, but there's a lot of Macy in this section of time, like mm-hmm. 96 to 98 alone. You have down Periscope, Fargo, Hit Me, Ghost of the Mississippi, Air Force One, Boogie Nights, Wag the Dog. Pleasantville Psycho, where he's Marty Balsam in the Civil Action, of course. Doesn't stop. Yeah. Happy Texas, Mystery Man, Magnolia, State and Maine. Jurassic Park 3. Jurassic Park 3 is kind of action, Macy. He's running around a lot. Screaming. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only two action Macy's right there, actually. Mystery Men, of course. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's actually he's, he's like one of the main heroes. He's the shoveler. He's kicking ass at that movie. Hey, Boogie Nights, man. He gets to wheel the gun. Yeah, he, he takes Maybe. some shots. I like the subgenre of action Macy now. That, action that's... Macy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Macy running. Pure Will. action Macy, I prefer. Pure action. Pure action. <laughs> William. The green I don't like any fantasy involved in the action Macy. Like, he, yeah, he, like if you can't William get William Hellcat Macy. <laughs> if you can't get Chuck Norris. <laughs> William Macy. Okay. That's why there aren't the more president kick-ass president movies, because how many actors could play the president exactly I mean, that's not the, the schwarzenegger and keanu reeves are on the list it's absurd and you it has like, to re- and it has to reflect the time so you're not going to get yeah. older eras because they're mainly older men so you have this 90s period where it's an action it's right. a more fitting of that t- and then you have like white house down where you have jamie fox i mean right. it fits and, but right. after that you have you know the old zombie racist so i mean like what are you gonna get like, like this yeah. movie has to be harrison ford or kevin costner or it's well, not nobody, or, yeah or like not even even michael douglas is pushing it at this point right and michael I, I mean, jones is not uh, michael handsome. douglas might slap a woman but i don't see him <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's the weird type that, of movies he's in you know like i don't uh, I guess Demi it never t- is the villain. <laughs> I guess it never timed out right but gibson i guess probably could have been a oh yeah, yeah 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 Mel gibson could have done this but like it would have to be during like signs era Gibson, I would say, because he's just that kind of age. But then he, you know, things happen, <laughs> so it goes a little south. When this plane that. lands, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> give me back my son. Yeah, give me back. Not to be Michael mean, King but if just slapping if, people. If if this is if this is like a terrorist that would really want to like accomplish his goal, and after all this stuff happened, just lost all his hostages, doesn't have too many things to worry about. 
he'd just shoot the wife or the daughter. You know, it yeah, would get yeah. the it would get the message across. There's nothing to lose yeah. on his part. Oh, straight to video. Um, Air Force One, treat Williams. Yes, you can't get Quaid. Yes, Treat Williams. <laughs> but I like but acting like he's in the Phantom. This, this is the one time where he takes the punch and just looks right back at him. That's oh. <laughs> good. Get him, action Macy. Look at that. Tears in his eyes. Oof. Good Sp- Spartan. Spartan's a good action Macy. He's, he's got a, he's got some bits there where he has to oh. be treacherous. That's the Val Kilmer vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Val, Val Kilmer mammoth. It should be a movie where Harrison Ford gets hung up on a like a hook and just gets pummeled for two hours. I can watch that. Isn't that Temple of Doom? Like, <laughs> like it says Temple of Doom. Yeah. Isn't that like largely Temple of Doom? In the last five minutes, he kicks out all their assets and saves it, but I, he just takes it so well. Even that, even though that bridge is not like he's having a tough time or an easy time climbing up. Like, could, he's got Alec, six inches on Gary Oldman. Could Alec Baldwin have pulled this off? Oh, yeah. At 97 Baldwin? 97 Baldwin? Yeah, nice. like Mer- Mercury Risings a year yeah. after this? Never uh, quite. He was always a villain in the sky. He never quite bought, sold me as a, as a, as a leading yeah, man. Yeah, you, you, you have to buy him as scandal-free. Yeah. Shadow. I mean... Because, eh. like, state and Maine's probably, like, the right size for him. Like, right yeah. age, right size at that point, where he's not, he's like... the character actor who looks like a handsome leading man, but he's yeah. more of a character yeah. but he, But he's, like, he's not puffier yet, because he's still, I like, mean, uh, is he too, like overly handsome with and suave with it but that's what i'm saying so that's why as he gets a little bigger so state is a little bit bigger but i still you see the 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 personality thing it's yeah when you get to channeling his bad lieutenant character as the president here (laughs) sorry because you get to fall out and he's back to being like oh you really like this guy he's good Get the Mission Impossible. He's like, I, I, I want to support Alec Baldwin. I wonder if Clint Eastwood was ever. I guess he's too old. Was ever in contention for this? No, no, he can. Yeah, here it I is. Love Baldwin and Outside Providence. Actually, I love that movie. That that's a movie. You got <laughs> you 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 ran into a parked cop car. <laughs> when I was younger, we had a freak accident. We were playing touch football, and he fell off the roof. No, okay. So this was '97. This was number three at the box office. '98, we had, there was like Saving Private Ryan, Lethal Weapon Four, but the '99 was Matrix. Like, was this one of the last like old school big hit kind of Ford Stallone? One of the last ones because I think so as far as like pure, I mean, I mean, there's 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 ones that scatter through. Like, I mean, there's yeah. another Die Hard movie in two in ten years from here. Yeah, four was huge, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I mean, it's as I said, like it's one of the last like diehard formula mainstream studio movies it's a hit for like a, a good while Ford came and put the last word on it yeah Oldman's working him right here he's like you those buttons but Mark you're not wrong like as far as like genuine like straightforward action movie with no like fantasy or sci-fi elements you're not getting a ton of those from like there's they again yeah. they trickle in oh I mean like, Willis as fifth element to start this summer off so we're turning already I mean the matrix yeah. will be huge but exactly yeah yeah and then Willis post- is jumping in and then post Potter and Lord of the Rings, it's you know, crank out that fantasy stuff. And then Cruise went to Potter's Mission Impossible too, right? Cruise is the one guy. Yeah, Cruise yeah. is the one guy that's holding it up. But even well, then, he's, he's still Bond, the James Bond's still there. Yeah, yeah. But now with Cruise, now that's you know, you could throw that into spy fantasy and not necessarily be pure action. And then superheroes. I mean, Batman is grounded, but it's still a superhero to you know whatever degree and. Snipes will jump over with Blade right yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. That movie needs like, I skate in a pill and oh man, what a, what a beautiful film. 
we're talking all over this, but this is the big like Ford and Goldman are together mm-hmm. and they're seeing thing. And I mean, you know, they're, they're bringing their energy. That's for sure. He's crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's threatening the daughter. That's not Jenna Malone. <laughs> that's because he's a, it's a sign of weakness from our president, and I don't like to see that in a movie. At least, at least he's not wearing a tan suit. Yeah. Scott Atkins would. <laughs> um, this movie was written by Andrew W. Marlowe, who wrote like Castle, I believe is his big thing, the ABC show. Uh, but it had a script doctor, uh, Peter Adnazio, who wrote Quiz Show and Donnie Brasco, among other things. Oh, really? Oh, wow. He's a good writer. Yeah, he punched it up. I thought that was Kevin yeah, Dunn for a second. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a mix of Kevin Dunn and William Shatner. That's yeah. what I was looking at. Right there. It is a mix of Kevin Dunn and William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Dunn surprisingly not. In this, Kevin Dunn could easily be in this movie. <laughs> Kevin, the fact that Kevin Dunn's not in this movie is impressive. He had to do Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, he was getting in Godzilla shape. He was doing workout for that. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't lose focus for that. Do you think yeah. the day after like Air Force One, if if like. Ford say a Democrat president, you go flip on the radio and there's the you get the Rush Limbo like President Marshall <laughs> running around on Air Force One with loaded weapons yeah. and shooting foreign ambassadors. I I'm shocked. Throwing his own people off with some with parachute, some with thought. I just He's a man. The, the Democrats are just out of control. That's a surprisingly good Rush Limbaugh. Who, gives, <laughs> who gives him keys to the? I I don't know, folks. It's black box is going to have some explaining to do. There were women on the plane. Who lets them on Air Force One? I know we've let one in the White House. She looks like Glenn Close. I don't like Glenn Close. Never have. <laughs> Don't stop. Put, oh. her back the, put her back in the boo box. <laughs> hey, that's a guy. Is that the guy from Beer Fest? No, it's your, it, well, yes, because it's Jurgen Brock <laughs> so, as as a Russian. Uh, this set by this is Shawshank. That's the Shawshank set. Looks like the set from Prison too. Nineteen eighty seven, Ronnie Harlan film, shot in Wyoming. Well, this is Ohio. Oh, where, the, where that where that it's built, but that that's the Shawshank prison that they're using for this. Uh, Great this steady cam work. President yeah. Marshall couldn't just be civil and negotiate a release. He yeah. had to go and fight people rather than just sit in a room. <laughs> I can't look at you. <laughs> oh, he's in character. He's deep. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, um, this movie's R rated R. Um, wow. It was it. They wanted they. Tried to go for a PG thirteen. They appealed the R rating mm. they received because that wow. uh, Ford's Ford's um, like the reasoning is because they had uh, Harrison Ford had clear and present danger, which was also rated R, and they got to appeal it uh, and get it to PG thirteen, despite it being a fairly a fairly violent film for that time. Who are uh, the squibs movie? in this movie? What did they think they were getting? Like they're like when they first attack, like theirs is. I'd argue it's debatable <laughs> that that were like nowadays. You would nowadays be. I mean, they are just, just dripping blood. Like if they weren't dripping blood on the. There's shots, enough where like oh. I can see why yeah. it's R-rated, but I I do I see where they're coming from as far as the tone of this movie doesn't necessarily be like oh we got to leave the kids out of this. I'm speaking I'm as a guy they speaking as somebody that saw this at 11 years old. They brought the a crane in for that shot. Yeah, there no expense. 85 million. That's, That's amazing. Like, they let this go out as an R even in 1997. 
you think they, they, they like no, it's got to be PG thirteen. It wasn't. It was. It still wasn't too afraid of that. I mean, look at the you know the yeah. Matrix a couple this years is later. Pre Matrix, so they're not afraid of an R. Pre Matrix is pre pre nine eleven pre Columbine. I mean, it's pre all this stuff where parents got concerned, um, or you know, the entertainment needed to be lighter or fantastical in order to justify the reason to have action. I guess. But I mean, the biggest hits of the year still are rated movies for the most part. A lot of them. I mean, it's, it's a mix. Sure. But for every men in black and independence day, you still have like Jerry Maguire bringing in the bucks or my best this, friend's wedding. This movie, mm-hmm. my best friend's wedding is PG 13. Oh, love it. Titanic, of course, is PG 13. Scream two made bank, but that's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Never mind. It's still, I mean, it's still one of the most successful like slasher movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, that was big. Mm-hmm. Titanic has that strange good. thing where if you make yeah. a really long movie, you can have nudity Whoa. in it, but it'll still get a PG thirteen if it's a long movie. If the nudity is only a percentage of the movie's in life. the head, wow! Oh, it was so nonchalant and just like I love how they captured that. There goes, there goes the landlord and there goes Gilfoyle. Call me crazy, but I love these kind of action scenes where the stunt actors aren't overly like if you like people aerobic. Yeah, they're not they're not graceful here. When Sword Ford picked up Oldman and slammed him over that table, it looked just real. It looked it wasn't just an overly, you know, acrobatic stuntman, which they're fine. There's a place for that, but I like it when you you Peterson's good action. Like I mean, a lot of these like we've talked about this before, Brandon. Like these '90s guys, like this, like Andrew Davis, mm-hmm. and what yeah. um, what's it? Oh yeah, like Kevin Reynolds, I guess to some degree, or who was the breakdown guy? Uh, Jonathan Mostow. Mostow, like, Mostow yeah. They, you know, they they operate on this level where they want to make things feel human, and they mm-hmm. they seem to really want to communicate that while still like keeping the scale in mind. Yeah. And Peterson's good at that. And, be, and being a European guy, though, less too, where they, that's, you know, that's sort of like, like Besson can be that way in his grounded movies, like the professional mm-hmm. world of him, Nikita, where the, mm-hmm. the pain yeah. feel, the pain feels yeah. real and it's, and it's shot in a way that feels intimate, yeah. right? Where, where you're like there with the person being killed or whatever. And mm-hmm. there, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a thought to like cut away. McTiernan's another guy like this, of course, obviously, um, as far as action people go. Or Martin Campbell, like these, you know, these action guys that do, do this thing and don't like shy away from stuff. Right. And there's the, always the uns, my unsung heroes, Craig R. Baxley, who explosions. Yeah. He make, makes three in a row and he's the best at explosions. Harlan, I have second, but Craig R. Baxley came in, did it like a, I, I called them a trilogy, but three movies dropped the mic and left. Like it was Action uh, Jackson, Action Jackson, <laughs> Stone Cold, and uh, Dolph Lundgren, um, Dark Angel, or I Come in Peace. Whatever title you prefer. Best spin kick in movie history. Mm-hmm. And this is such a dick move where he's throwing all the parachutes out the back of the plane. Like, it's so mean. Nobody. Craig Baxley was the stunt coordinator on the Warriors. Great oh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful fight scenes. Yes, they are good fight scenes. Well, Walter Hill is a good one too, as far as kind of grounded mm-hmm. action goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, just he's full quadrant, grounded action, yeah. script writing, good dialogue characters. He and Carpenter would be like good friends, but they'd probably both be grumpy at each other. <laughs> so, like, they probably they wouldn't get along because they're too alike. Well, it's That's funny. Well, he, well, Carpenter was buddies with O'Bannon, who O'Bannon hated Hill and guys. Exactly. For exactly. Alien, so. <laughs> so it's like... Which we don't give Walter Hill enough credit about Alien. No. 
because uh, O'Bannon's script isn't that good. Um, <laughs> so um, they added a lot to. So we're at the the climactic battle between Oldman and Ford. It's funny how this occupies like this the just a portion of the film. Like they're in a scene together, and then it becomes the action between them. Like and that's. Mm-hmm. And there's still what, like, how much minute? There's still movie left, right? There, yeah, there's like 30 minutes left of this movie. <laughs> like, What's it say about this administration <laughs> that the president doesn't trust them on the ground to negotiate him out and goes and people are murdered? He's attacking foreign ambassadors. So he wraps the thing around him. <laughs> this is so good. Like, as far as like a fun death scene goes for Gary Oldman, who's had many death scenes. Oh, there we go. Get off my plane. <laughs> yes. I love the music. Everything tones down. Yeah, everything stops. Crank up and you get his this mic. wonderful. And here's my background coming in. Good get up, too, as the music kicks back in. Mm-hmm. And then you get, I think, the Russian score comes in here, too. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's broken neck body. Down. At least the plane's not going to land on him. No, but the they, body should turn, body. they should turn it around because huh. just to hit them yeah. <laughs> like they do an eraser turn yeah. the plane down i mean con air malkovich's death like you got to match that yeah i mean he just got the most epic one-liner he could have had out of right there i'm sure there was like a lot of high fives that they wrote that in the script too at this point harris was like get off my plate he's the He's on his plane. Mm-hmm. That's right. Good job. This kind of has that diehard two plot of like oh, we're for doing sure. this to negotiate yeah, sure. this guy yeah. out of here. It's exactly right? like yeah. like like the Jero, yeah. right? In the same part as you're going to proc that plane here, yeah. except he doesn't get very far. No. <laughs> like, like in the diehard two, he makes it all the way to the damn to the terrorists. <laughs> yeah, the plane, yeah almost, the they're basically gone until McLean gets in the way. This guy gets shot before he even gets out of prison. Cool, <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. Die Hard 2, the biggest star globally is Nero and Frico Nero in that movie. And it's just like, whatever, you know, like, it's just insane to think about. Like, he was such a huge star everywhere but America. That's why they had to surround him with box office dynamos like William Sadler yeah. and uh, and uh, Good Times. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Right. Um, what's his name? McDowley. Um, oh, you mean uh, like Wazamo, <laughs> like Robert the Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> <laughs> Can I use your bathroom? No, you can't. John Amos. John Amos. Thank yeah, you. John John Amos. Not, it's not, I'm, like Sean, I'm like Sean Austin. No, it's John the, Amos. The Beast. The Beastmasters. Beast John Master. Amos. The, yeah. Kicks ass in the Beastmaster in shorts. Mm-hmm. And yes, in Uncut Gems, it's one of my favorite cameos of all time. John Amos. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, you can't in the bathroom. <laughs> Action Macy, fly uh, no. the plane. He shows the door. <laughs> 25 hey, years i do like this i do like that there's like time left after they eliminate the terrorist plot and it's like oh yeah because sander berkeley's still like the bad yeah, there's almost like 20 minutes left and after. we have to and we have to also land the plane <laughs> yeah do you think this is harrison and scroll Ford's the credits to, it's crazy is this is a few to kurt russell for executive decision like i'm landing i'm a 747 but this one's air force one well to be fair kurt russell lands his plane yeah that's true <laughs> yeah with holly berry yeah, as a, as a co-pilot. Executive decision where the Russell's like, sorry, Steven, there's only room for one of us. <laughs> you will. Shut the door. That's yeah. that got me. I'm that that should I great straw work right, in that movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great straw work, great um, great uh, neck brace plat work in yeah. that movie. You know what I like too? Is- no, sorry, neck neck break uh, Joe Borden. Uh plat's just sweating <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Yeah. 
you have th- yeah, three people in that movie, like a uh, fish out of water, Kurt Russell, Platt, Holly Berry. Like it's kind of interesting that film. Uh, the old JT Walsh up in there also. So. Oh yeah. Mm. And he's into, so it's, so it's obvious. Was. So it's obviously a nineties movie. <laughs> yeah. JT just had a birthday recently, right? He's so good in breakdown. Or no, 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 it was nope. Well, he, I mean, posthumous birthday. But, yeah, totally. um, yeah. No, I don't think it was him. It's the other guy that looked McGill. Everett Bruce McGill. McGill. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce McGill. McGill. Bruce McGill. Sorry. He's yeah, Bruce McGill. Oh, Bruce McGill. Who's, yeah, who's yeah, like, a, Bruce he's like a JT Walsh type. Yeah, almost. but he's also yeah. great. Yeah, the yes. uh, friends of the show about the Battleship Pretension podcast and their awards every year. They have the um, the Bruce McGill in the Insider best fifteen minute smile appearance. your face. Mm. That thing. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the Bruce McGill Award for best like fifteen minute appearance in a movie. That's, that's one of their awards. Oh, every year. okay. For like, he's great in that. And he's great in Animal House, playing the guy who plays drums on his throat or whatever he's doing in that scene. <laughs> oh well, I'm giving that to Michael Pena for Moonfall so far this year. <clears throat> he, he's in it more. He's in. He's like oh. the co-star of that movie. Oh, <laughs> he, he has to be like someone that just has like a bit one big scene, basically. <laughs> oh, and also uh, Baxley, he directed Storm of the Century. I love, oh, that's right. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, oh, really? What I want, I'll go away. That thing messed me up in '99. Mm. He did Rose Red and Kingdom Hospital. King loves yep. them. Rose Red. I remember when that was a thing. I'd do a video for Stephen King TV adaptations. That's why Baxley was so familiar. You know, another reason why this movie is a hit is jets. People like jets. I'm starting <laughs> to realize this. That's like, it really, <laughs> looking at True lies. Is, I think people just generally enjoy seeing jets and stuff. Show me some jets and I'm a happy man. Yeah. Cause it's so. like, a, it's like a visceral thing to see like a jet in the air. Like that's, mm. that's a cool thing that you don't get often. In Give movies. me tickets to the air show. <laughs> Independence Day, this, yeah. Uh, I was talking about this with, with Anna, my lovely girlfriend, who always knew the Top Gun was going to be the biggest hit that it was, and all of us are dumb by comparison. Um, and, and, and you know, jet people don't like the same with dinosaurs. Jets aren't featured all that often, so when you get a movie that's jets in it, think about it. Well, uh, West Side I'm, Story this past year, yeah, but the, the problem there is they're young. So when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way, <laughs> but you have to grow up to be a jet. You all can't right. just say jet. And like obviously stealth, you know, is a modern classic. I mean, we don't talk about that too much. It was too, it was yeah. too good. That was the problem. But um, for the most part, though, when you have like you know, Independence Day, is a movie that has aliens and jets. Like, when do you see that together? Right. <laughs> yeah. The Silent Earth had jets. What about the football jets? Have they ever been in a movie? Uh, yeah, the the one with the uh, Wahlberg, or that's the Eagles. Yeah, green uniforms. <laughs> Joe Namath, who was a Jet, w- starred in movies. Yeah, there it is. So there you go. And the Boz played against them, probably. You you Stone Cold there. Stone Cold, there you go. Oh, yeah. Baxley. <laughs> Come on, Action Macy, shoot him down. Oh, no. Surely, like, um, a Sandler movie mentions the Jets at some point, right? <laughs> Even though he's a basketball guy, he has to like mention football at some point in his career. What about the fan? No, because no, that's, that's the Giants. That's, the, that's San Francisco. About, it's the Giants about, the whole time. What about Big Fan with Pat Oswalt? No, he's, Eagles. he's specifically oh, no, it's the, the Giants. That's the Giants. New York Giants. 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 Yeah. The, yeah. Gi- well, I think it's the Giants and Eagles. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Who was it in uh, Silver Linings Playbook? Who are they? That's the Eagles. That was Eagles. Philly, right? Philly, no, that was Philly. Yeah. They're Philly. It's all Philly. Philadelphia always the football team. Yeah, apparently. You'd think it'd be the Cowboys or something, but it's always Philadelphia. He's, well, you said more movies in the because of it, it. Yeah. Anyway, oh, look at that, that sacrifice! That, that, that just destroyed. <laughs> that looked like a model. 
Whoa. I mean, it's a mix, obviously, of things going on here. But like one of those things looks like a model. And yeah, it is well. You're like still getting like yeah. action sequences in this movie with the stuff jet going action with jets versus a seven forty seven. Boom! Oh, that's a good wow! Look at that explosion! Yeah, fuselage coming at you and everything. That's Harlan esque. Let's re-release this in three D, guys. All the MIGs are down. <laughs> it's like, well, you already killed Gary Oldman. How do we keep having action sequences? Mm-hmm. What if like MIGs come after him? <laughs> Wait, Sam Jones was played for the Jets, and he was in Flash Gordon. Mm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> It feels like a big 90s sort of uh, trope, too, is a movie where there's a lot of scenes of military brass standing around in a big room, like watching the screen. And- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. And I honestly, I mean, you know, I, I think Apollo 13 is a film that like perfected that as far as like, how do we oh, how yeah. do we make, you know, control room scenes interesting? Yeah. Uh, and I, that's a, you know, there's other movies before like, you know, people like making decisions, but slap the, somebody in a vest. But like there's ways to make that tension work. And I, yeah, I do think like. After that, you had more of that because, you know, you, you have Ed Harris in a room the whole time and he gets an Academy Award nominations. Like, obviously, we have to keep making control room scenes. There's tense. Maybe because yeah. after Dr. Or not Dr. Uh, after Dr. Strangelove, uh, people were afraid to make him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's an action president. There's Peter no Sellers. fighting in the war room. Peter Sellers is an action president, right? He stops a pie fight. Right. So he, he negotiates with the Russians. Can you turn the music down? <laughs> you know what I love about Apollo 13? It's just competent people being oh, yeah. competent like that's it's yeah. it's just the rare movie oh yeah that that that's still that's my favorite howard movie i, I think about yeah no that's ex- yeah excellent that's, through excellent yeah. through and through and then it inferno is, after that uh yeah inferno yeah. it's a bit oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. Action Hanks. There you Dude, go. Action Hanks. My, oh my God, I lost yeah. my soul watching those movies. I don't. It, it left me. I watched it. How are there three? <laughs> Even Hanks has to wonder that too. At sometimes, like, and a TV do, series now. Well, people are like, "Hey, do you ever want to revisit? You know, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Langdon for a fourth time? I made three of those. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want Bill Paxton as a president now, or like in, in a '90s president. He could have done it. He could have done it. Yeah, Yon Debont. I thought Yon Debont directed this at first. Sorry to interrupt, but for some, I, I totally forgot about Wolfgang Peterson. I thought this was Yon Debont jam. I mean, I was kind of surprised when it wasn't. This is speed. This is speed. Two years. He was already living the dream. But um, you know, Europe, leeching himself. European directors doing their thing. Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Yeah. Although Peterson and Verhoeven were like always directors, where Yon Debont's like, I'm stepping up from the cinematography game, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to the cinematography game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what if he was doing that? Like, he's, that's why he's not making movies. Just like being DP on like commercials. It's like, ah, oh, this is my passion. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I did a sprite commercial the day. It took ten years off my life. Felt great. Still make sprite commercials? You fucking yeah, they do. They shoot them like great. <laughs> LeBron James is in three of mine. Did we get past all of the Philip Baker Hall scenes? Did we talk over those? Yeah, we must yeah. have because yeah. he has a whole thing where like, what's it? The the Chief of Staff or Secretary of State's challenging Glenn Close for who yep. gets to like be in control, and Glenn Close is like, "Get the fuck away!" I'm the Vice President, and Philip Baker Hall has to come be like, uh, "He's like, well, in certain scenarios, Secretary of Staff, but in this clause right here, actually, the VP is the one that's supposed to be in charge." He became the go-to guy for that like 
coming in and bringing some arcane, you know, like in yeah. Zodiac, where he talks about this, the handwriting. Is he, um, what's his face at the end of uh, Psycho? Also, doesn't he come in and explain Norman Bates? Of course. Bates? Yeah, Norman okay. <laughs> yeah, right. sure. Bates, he's been dead for, whatever, she's been dead since, buried up in Graveview Cemetery since then. <laughs> Let me he's tell you all something. Robert Forster is the, is the. That's right. Yeah, he's the. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Forster's great too, delivering that. <laughs> Explanation. You know Doesn't work in any other movie, but Psycho. Well, he's really he, good in Alligator, get, by the way. He is. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alligator rules. It's the, the beginning of his hair jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Forster is amazing. Also cool. R.I.P. Also cool. Plane exchange sequences. Oh yeah. Yep. Cliffhanger. Oh yeah. The, this movie executive decision right executive or, decision yeah like dark night rises dark That's dark cool rises yeah. yeah well what is yeah. that it rips from um license to kill license right? to kill license yeah, to yeah. Kill. license to kill does something similar yeah yeah because operation no, dumbo drop because no one copied every bond movie for like for dark night rises world's not enough of license to kill the two, yep. the two best ones uh yeah plane exchange stuff right because that's got that's like tension inherent you have two things in the air flying and you have to attach them somehow that's like a, oh that's tricky or refuel it. There's always the refueling. Yeah, there's always the refueling. Yeah, the refueling, of course. Yeah, because they go. <laughs> some idiot in the audience is going to say, "Hey, we're not going to run out of fuel, so we have to add." <laughs> we can't suspend our disbelief because we're watching a movie. We have to add a fueling scene for that guy. That was a pretty fun look. That that seemed effective mm-hmm. enough from a visual effects standpoint. It's like you got a guy flying through the air, essentially on a, okay. on a rope. You've been shot. You ready to go on a zip line? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always feel for like of the moments I feel for you know, like there's the person there's the hostage gets shot but there's also the um, when William H. Macy's like it was you and then he shoots mm-hmm. him in the stomach oh, it's like yeah. oh they killed Mil-. like Macy got all through this movie then he dies at the end now did someone pitch and I'm sure they did the idea that Gary Oldman is still alive clinging to the bottom of the plane crawls in and fights Aris for one more time I mean he Whoa. broke his fucking neck and like they, they made it I'm just saying he could have sure, yeah, one sh- I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure there are stages 20 minutes of this, ago he died now. It's I'm, weird. Sure there are, I'm sure there are stages of the script where he survives all the way up to this moment. I, I don't yeah. deny that. Because I do think the mole thing was that was re reconjigured throughout the, I think the pro, I think that's part of what the script doctoring was. Like, how do we make the mole thing work for this movie with Xander Berkeley? There's a old man on the wing. I'm telling you. <laughs> Crawls back in <laughs> when Harrison Ford is the last one on the plane and they have another one uh, of the fight. Yeah, I'm sure there's then a version of that. Throw where... into the engine. You throw them into the jet engine and completely obliterate them. Yeah, exa- exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> this guy looks like it could be Duchovny. The extra? The extra guy that's that's um, helping escort the people up. Has this ever happened in real life at, at all, even close? People changing? Probably not up? to this. Probably not to this scale. But I wouldn't be surprised if like smaller planes had to deal with something like this for some random no, reason. Pretty far fetched. I mean, like, because the other guys in the planes are wearing oxygen masks. So how much? How can you even breathe? They're so I, far up there. Look at the door open. I mean, if it's purely screenwriter creation, like, good on them for finding this idea because it's pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, I mean, the, the basic logic of it, you know, to hook up a line to another thing, like. Mm-hmm. Two I don't moving things. Oh man, I'd be the one where it breaks and I fall all the way to the bottom. I mean, for those, I mean, they did do not this specifically, but like Dark Knight, right? Like they used real planes to do stuff like yeah. this. I mean, it's not impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Did uh, I was wondering whether it actually happened? 
Do I'm we? saying I, I I would say probably not to this extent, not, not to oh, specifically, no! like not to like <laughs> probably not with like 747s, but I imagine there's probably some crazy scenario where they just need to do this on smaller planes. Once here it is, it was you, it, two Zander, <laughs> two Zander, and, and Macy gives good death here too. Oh yeah, because oh. it's really sad. It's like damn, <laughs> just getting yeah, shot him. Yeah, great hair lighting oh, yeah, during that yeah. death too. That was really- well, Macy's got he's he's rocking like the the bright brown reddish kind of hair, so he looks good throughout this movie. <laughs> Xander Berkeley looks so even more the because next he's president. Yeah, <laughs> there will be no next president. I like Ber- I like Berkeley's plan. Berkeley's plan is like I'll just kill the president, then I'll go across and be like there was just he just said I should go. There was no time. Like, <laughs> he shot himself right after. Oh, it's just he couldn't take it. It's like a nice hammer fist. I got. They don't even give Berkeley a chance to like land a blow. It's just like, no, this guy's taken down immediately. Like, fuck yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> Ford can't beat up Xander Berkeley in a movie. Yeah. He just tackled all these Russians, and this is the guy that's gonna hold him back. Oh, yeah. It's like watching. <laughs> it's like watching Girl with the Dragon Tattoo beat up Keanu Reeves and John Wick. It's like, wait, what? He's he's getting some hits yeah, on him. Right. <laughs> right there Here's the guy. Here we go. Here's the effect. Uh... Yeah, this one. He's a little shakier. Oh, he's is that, is that a real plane? Way. It looks like one. <laughs> he really crashed it into the water. Oh, wow. There it is where they oh, do the way. Yeah. Oh, Ford should have gone down with the ship. I like how it takes the speed approach where it's like, we know people want to see the plane blow up, so we'll give it to him. He gets a pretty bad death, man. He had to die by himself in a prank. There's, there's Philip Baker Hall. It seems like he could have jumped off. Maybe we'll be back in the yeah, At that point, what's he got to live for? Well, that was the look he was given when he's like on the sides, like uh, I'm so I so regret my choices. I regret my choices. I've been punched by the president. I'm just going down <laughs> ship. Maybe at least get lower and let him foot ski. He could have jumped. He could have jumped oh off, right? Then he just hangs on a wing. Foot ski. That'd be amazing. American shoes peel off. Twenty-five years the, later, after president there, there, there needs to be a shot of somebody looking at like the side window of the plane, be like, "Did you see this?" <laughs> <laughs> Double take. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a bird flying by. It's a pigeon gag. <laughs> what? I voted for the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we got him. Everybody cheers. Papers. <laughs> People are taking photos at that moment. There's still cameras in the back that are being blocked by people. The paparazzi gives a great shot of shoulders. Tonight on on Newsmax, tragedy on Air Force One. (laughs) President survives. (laughs) Loyal aides murdered (laughs) in favor of this guy. Let me just destroy this. What is that like the um, enact of the 22nd Amendment or whatever they're going to do? Yeah, yeah. 25th of yeah, the double thumbs up. All um, right. Dean Stockwell, like, president, yeah. yeah, I can't believe we considered even not being president for a second. Do you guys uh, think you could give somebody a double thumbs up and look normal? <laughs> I've done it. Um, like, <laughs> I can't even keep a. St- I, I, that's you not my face. This? Uh, see, you, you like you even do a face then. I do. I can't give a normal two thumbs up. <laughs> I can't, and I can't like do one of these gun things at people without looking you, weird. When you do them down, yeah, you have to. Stuff. It's easy to do. Down is easy because negative comes easier to people. It's just it, just, it goes yeah, with you. Go. <laughs> my face pulled down when I yeah, put my thumbs yeah. down. Fun fact: uh, the president never steps foot on U.S. soil in this movie. Oh. Hmm. By the way, Wait. did we mention Rush Later. with Ron Howard? That one's really good. Oh, Rush is great. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he just, just went over a ton it, of water. Yeah. So are all those people who parachuted? <laughs> they're they're oh, rescued. They're they got rescued. Sharks and 
stuff and islands. Th- th- and- three of them are in a life of pie situation. One of them's in a <laughs> Titanic situation. There's a Blue Lagoon situation going on. Yeah, there's, a, there's a Lord of the Flies situation. There's an Alive situation. Yes, so landed over a little mountain. Yeah, one of them went out with the with the um, the <laughs> with um, volleyball force one. Twins Army Nightman. Yeah, yeah. There's a farting corpse. <laughs> the, the farting corpse of Gary Oldman being used by one of them. Yeah. Like a jet ski. Jurassic Park three going on. Great. <laughs> there's um there's a, a Titanic guy who hit part of the plane and just spun all the way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got lost going on over in this place. It's great. Yeah. Smoke Where monsters. Are we? I, I'm, I'm, I was hoping Ray Liotta would pop up as this character from Turbulence, just Turbulence, to make things yeah. extra gnarly. About that one. It's uh, who's the other one? Lauren, Lauren Holly? Holly. Yeah, Lauren she Holly. has a line where she's talking to like airport or uh, the airport command. What is it? The um, tower air air traffic control. Just like um, she says, like something like like uh, fuck the landing and fuck you as she tries <laughs> to like land this plane. Because <laughs> I, I read because that's that's ninety seven. Also, I think I read ninety eight. 97? 97. 97. It's 97. Yeah. Because yeah. 96 is unforgivable. Uh, unforgettable. Um, but I rented that movie watching it with my dad. <laughs> it was one of those rare, like, it's a really strong F bomb that I just heard in this movie. <laughs> 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 oh, Tom West was the best boy group on this one. <laughs> this movie was a hit. 85 budget, 315 worldwide. Made money. Ford does it again. It um, was nominated for a couple Oscars, Best Sound and Best Film Editing. The only non-Best Picture nominee for Best Film Editing that year. The people have voted, and Air Force One is your number one movie. <laughs> Not, I mean, close close won her Blockbuster Entertainment Award, but uh, Ford and Gary Oldman were nominated. And Best uh, Fight MTV best, Movie Awards. Best Fight and Best Villain nominees for MTV Movie Awards, of course. For Xander Berkeley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know how shocked he would have been? Like, he's just sitting there on a Saturday morning. Like, I was nominated for an MTV movie award. But they used to be cool back in the day. That's how I learned about, like, Virgin Suicides and Rushmore mm. and yeah, Wes Anderson they, and they Guy Ritchie. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they were it. plugged into the indie scene of, of stuff rather yeah. than, you know, going where people weren't. And, yeah, then they just went for, I, I, you know, they promoted the all temples all the time stuff. This is um, one of the, yeah, because especially because like early like when uh, Transformers was coming out and it hadn't even come out yet, but they're doing the MTV Movie Awards and they already gave it an award just for being like the most anticipated blockbuster. Like, oh, Viacom, which owns Paramount and MTV, happened to give Transformers an award. Hmm, that's that's fun. It's like, oh, wait, what's that joke before? Is it? Did you guys win an award for your movie? No, we won an award because people wanted to see our movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we won it for. Um, yeah. Air Force One has been uh, one of the more released movies it's been like every format laser disc vhs dvd blu-ray 4k certainly has its audience as far as people that want to buy this movie and you know play it right down the middle yeah who doesn't want to see this movie once yeah, it's know? a standard action and it's usually packaged within in the uh, in the line of fire as well yep mm-hmm. two action thrillers since you guys are in the know is there a deep blue sea 4k planned not right now. not as of yet nope. all right Warner Brothers is a little more. It'll get there. I, I think I'm pretty sure that one. It's getting to yeah. The Warner Brothers is a little more stingy with their like, re- like what retro 4K releases. Yeah, very much. But they also make a big deal out of it. Like when Blade was coming out, they're like, "Look who got Blade!" 
Yeah. Look, we got Edge of Tomorrow. Look, we got uh, Godzilla 2014. I mean, like I, I could see like a, a Shout Factory taking on Scream Deep Factory, Blue Sea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But would they go for cave? I guess they yep. would try to. Yeah, yeah they would. Yeah. People are still talking about it. I mean, well, yeah, it's got, I mean, it's got, it's, it, it, it took a while, but the direct video sequels started coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the third one's good. Third one is good. Second also, thanks good. for that. Uh, I had the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. So had a new LL Cool J track on it. Deepest bluest. Yep. My head is like a shark's fin. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeti. laughs> I remember that. Haven't thought of that in a while. LL survived Michael Myers and sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a real Lance Henriksen, that LL Cool J. And I assume all the naval crime in LA. Yes. He had Just a good not- run there. At the end of the 90s and early 2000s, he was having Yeah, Mindhunters, SWAT. Yeah. I liked yeah. uh, you either sweaty or not in too deep with uh, Omar yeah. Epps. That movie was Omar Epps and Sum 41. They were, they were great together. Do you yeah. want to hear something dumb? Uh, in 99, he was in in too deep and he played a character named God. He was also yep. in any given Sunday and he was on the sharks. And then he was also in 99 in deep blue sea where he played a preacher <laughs> battling sharks. So that's like, that's a good, yeah. in, any given yeah. Sunday in too deep, deep blue sea. They all come together. Perfect. We should do more LL movies. What does Rush Limbaugh think of, of SWAT's that? been on our <laughs> list for the long time? I don't think I'm allowed to do that anymore. So <laughs> 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 we're reaching the end of our Air Force uh-huh. One commentary here because the movie's about to be finished. Uh, what's in August? What do we got coming in August? Um, let's celebrate horizon 25th anniversary we've done that <laughs> again let's do a second let's do a second perspective commentary. commentary oh we'll be celebrating Atlas shrugged <laughs> uh let's see the full monty um steel with shack steel oh my gosh that one's hilarious gi jane mimic um, Oh, mimic excess package how to be a player? Uh, I feel like we haven't done Jeff Mimic. Jams how to be a player. We didn't do Mimic. We haven't done Copland. That seems like a cult cinema cavalcade episode of anything. If you were to Mimic, do that. So, yeah. that show is never coming back, Aaron. I'm just saying if I'm just saying <laughs> if it had been done of the shows between. Oh, all of oh us, yeah. That seems like it would have been for that. <laughs> gotcha. Between the three of us that have podcasts, that seems like the one that would have done. I can see movies, flicks, and films doing a Mimic episode. We can do that. Brandon and I will guess the movies, flicks, and films. We'll talk about Mimic. <laughs> Yeah, please do. Yeah. I, I, there's so much to talk about. I've listened to all the commentaries on that. Charles S. Dutton sacrificing himself again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that oh. Legion, Alien 3. We can celebrate the anniversary of Excess Baggage with Alicia Silverstone and Benicio Del Toro, Christopher great, Walken. Great road trip movie. Free go. Willy 3, The Rescue. Uh, or uh, Call the Conqueror with uh, Russia's favorite, Kevin Sorbo. Harvey Firestein. Yes. <laughs> Well, we can we can look beyond 1997, oh, I guess, for our August commentary track. But we'll or see. Or if we want to go, fire down below came. Oh, not in August. Sorry, that'd be September. That's for September preview, guys. I teasers. He I mean, saves the um the, uh, the Alaskan. Forest. Yeah, he saves the forest. Yeah. yeah. That, we already that, did our Under Siege two episode at some somewhere somewhere that exists. Um, did we? No, some podcast I did that has that because I definitely talked about Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. 
I covered the final fight on that. I love final fights in Seagal films because he just shellacks people. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's, he's fighting that one guy with the leather jacket and gray hair. Eric Bogosian isn't he funny? Eric Bogosian at the end? No, he doesn't fight him. He just she just shoots Eric Bogosian and then and then chops his fingers off. Yeah, we didn't do it. Door. We did not. He do fights it. Everett McGill in that one. Everett McGill is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, not yeah. Bruce McGill. Uh, yeah. Then he out then he outruns a train collision. <laughs> it's probably oh, the best movie. That movie rocks. I, I legit really like Under Siege. I think it's the best movie. Right? I think it's a. Oh, I think it's a really solid action. Die Hard in the Train. Good. He All leaves right. the train, comes back to the train. I like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah with uh, and um, what's his name? Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut's the the the, the wacky sidekick. Heigl. <laughs> <laughs> Heigl's the his cousin. Mm-hmm. Duster right? and her, my father, the hero, Bride of oh, Chucky. Heigl's yeah, Heigl's his his niece. That's in the movie. That's that, that's how Seagal says who she's my niece. He like gets his eyes really crinkled. Uh, yeah, niece Ryback. Right um, the chef. Um, okay, that's the end of our Air Force One commentary. Uh, not starring John Malkovich. Uh, let's go over where people can find everybody online. Yancey, anything you want to plug? You know, Milky Way Blues. One of these days, Yancey Jack on Facebook, Twitter, and this uh, show once in a while. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer, where can people find more of you online? Yeah, there's movies, films, and flicks, movies, films, and FLX, and then Con Air, the podcast, and then Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, occasionally. So, yeah. My wife is fascinated by this Con Air podcast. She wants to listen to it. She didn't think it was real, but now I'm on the show with you. I'm going to tell her to tune in. She'll, she'll listen to every episode. Uh, we got more. Ep- we got a. Uh, so, right now we're just on Spreaker, but we're expanding right now. So, I guess by the time everyone listens to this, it'll pretty much be wherever you can find podcasts. Fantastic. But be warned, we do a lot of riffing. So it's like 15 minutes movie of the movie, and then it's like talking about in- infinite jest and tennis. You'd have to. I mean, I don't know how you could talk about kind of that, that long. 40 episodes. That's amazing. That's great. Hmm. Brandon Peters, where can people find more of you online? Uh, the Brandon Peters show.com. Uh, still going with not here today, Scott Mendelson on summer of 82 at 40. As we wind through July into the final month of August. So uh, that's anywhere podcasts are found. And you can follow me on social media at Brandon4KUHD. There, find everything I do on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. I write for Wheel Entertainment for movie reviews, Wise of Blue for Blu ray and Criterion reviews. I am on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. This podcast out now with Aaron and Abe, you can find anywhere you can find podcasts. But please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, and our show is available on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, variations of out now underscore podcast. I want to thank Brandon, Mark, and Yancey for joining me for this Air Force One commentary. Action Macy. Yeah. This was awesome. I had a wonderful time with you guys. Good. And uh, we'll be back next month with whatever we come up with to do a commentary next for. But that's it for now. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Rush, want to take us out? <laughs> ah. Obama. <laughs> Obama wore the suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It would be a recurring character in Out Now commentary. <laughs> Rush them. Back from the hell where he hopefully is burning. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. 
Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.